When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinion. We're even 30 seconds early. We showed you our faces, but you couldn't hear our embraces just yet. But it's nine on the dot now, and we're here to talk about the Carolina Panthers. I'm here with my homeboys. Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing? Tony Dunn, as always, man, the football gods smile upon us. There is news that has been uh, broken today regarding Cam Newton. There's a lot to talk about. It feels like Panther fans finally have something to be hopeful for about the prospects of Cam Newton returning in 2020. It's still up in the air, though. Nothing is certain. We have this combine coming up. I want to uh, drop something real quick and let everyone know that if you go to my Twitter page, I pinned it on top of my Twitter profile. I just released my top 50 prospects of the 2020 NFL draft. These are players I've looked at extensively. I love to talk about. And uh, these are some players that you guys will be able to put in your own mock drafts on drafttech.com uh, and on uh, Draft Network, rather, and, and, and fans speak. So um, I love it. Uh, as always, the chat room is lit. Brad Dugan, Nick Montiero, Joey X. Favell, Tin Tizzy, Underground West. The whole crew is here, Tony Dunn. There's nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. This is that awkward moment in the show where Cody – fears that he could not be heard after he lets loose a great intro but you were heard tonight you were heard thank god uh ck ck is that you in the intro music oh yeah uh give us a little sample of that sort of that that bubbly voice in a world where CK was right all along about Cam Newton <laughs> when he brought up that not a single article had per source. They all said, it's my belief. They were all opinion pieces. And I'm telling you what, boys, I'm, I, I cannot understand how people cannot think that the Panthers don't watch this podcast. It's every week now. It's an every week occurrence. We said, <laughs> we said, you need to come out like if, right now it, with Ian Rabbor, you know, literally last week, I've, I've voiced frustrations with, reports that i believe this it's my opinion that this is going to happen all all signs point to this but not a single person said anything about anybody in the actual panthers organization that said cam newton is gone until today and i said it's a simple statement that you have to put out there to make people believe you and number one is you have to say per source and i'm so happy to say we got that news so (laughs) i'm ready to get this thing started so i can go on my uh Told you so, Tor. Yeah, enough of the, uh, for, with people of knowledge of the organization nonsense. But, 
yeah, we got some Cam Newton stuff to talk about. Some combine stuff coming up. Greg, the stat daddy's in the house. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I am ready to talk about the stuff we've been talking about all day long. <laughs> I have some stuff to say about it. And uh, while I very, very much appreciate the optimism and I am optimistic about the way the day is too, I'm going to talk a little psychology in a little while. And I want to look and listen to what is being said and not just at what we like is being said, because there's a lot of stuff that's hidden in what was being said that is a possibility that I want to dive into. So. Don't you piss in my Cheerios, Greg. <laughs> he just so doesn't get it. It wouldn't be a show if we didn't oppose some kind of use. So basically you know? what you're saying is we're all going to lay down uh, on the Bat Daddy's couch and uh, and, and do a deep uh, yeah a, a deep lesson here on, on some, uh, <laughs> so, some clear words of phrase. It won't be a lesson, just my opinion. Let's put it that way. I'm not okay. by anything, so let's put it that way. Just okay. what I see. But, I like but that. I'm a cynic. I'm a very cynical person, so I look at things very differently a lot of times. So just keep that in mind when you hear what I say. But I'm sure you probably picked up on that by now. We're ready for it. Yeah. I think, um, Greg, one of the cool things is when I tell you about nerd stuff. And uh, today... I informed you of something. I just started watching Rag- Ragnarok. Yeah. This Netflix series, and it is a Norwegian film, like, show, and it's really good. And it's about the, sto- like, more about the mythology of Thor and, like, Ragnarok and all of this stuff. It's pretty interesting. So I always, I was like, man, I always get worried sending nerd people stuff. Sorry. Not that you. You are a nerd. I'm sure you <laughs> embrace it. Hey, we but don't you, care, too. Nerds rule the world, man. You're right. living in our world, dude. But right. you don't want to step into somebody's lane and be like, hey, check out this show. And they're like, well, yeah, I watched it like two years ago or whatever. But so, Tony, Tony, that, Tony, <laughs> no, you know, honestly, you, you showed me that earlier and I knew nothing about it. And I sent it to everybody that's on my regular podcast, the other podcast I do, and they knew nothing about it. They'd heard about it. One of them heard about it. And I sent it to a bunch of the people I know that are kind of in my little clique of, you know, geeks and nerds, and they knew nothing about it. So is it a new so show? So guess who the who the Captain Nerd is then? I can't hear you. I'm the Captain Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and if okay. he can't so, hear me. <laughs> he lost Greg. He I lost think Greg. that, uh, that right. might have been on, on his end. Tony, I will say this. On one, of the, well, one of the beautiful things about nerd culture is that it's accepting of everyone, man. You find your niche, you jump in that lane, and you run with it, man. We yeah. accept all comers, so you might as well jump on board. Just, uh, I, just love how I, I, I love how I call you guys. I love how you, I call you guys a nerd when I'm a history teacher, and <laughs> I yeah, also yeah, really, right? <laughs> am a book. I'm a book nerd too. So anyway, yeah. all right, let's get into the show. Uh, tonight is episode Trace, right? I think this is episode three for the season. How many weeks since the Super Bowl? I think this is the third uh, Tuesday. See, this is why I got to stop numbering these damn episodes. Cam is our man as tonight's episode. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show, or you can call into the Cat Calls line numbers 252-228-1598. Tree 50, thank you for your donation. He says, you know why I'm here on tip. Like, sub and share. The C3 Podcast. That's right. Sub and share the C3 Podcast. Thank you for your support. We are on tap here. And I guess the news today, 
ultimately was, or this morning, CK woke us up. CK, you sent us bright and early this message and uh, and tell us what news broke this morning. So I think if anybody has their Panthers notification for their NFL app, you got the notification come across the, the bar that said Panthers to keep Cam Newton. Um, what's you, the, that, I guess, bar, that notification can mean a lot, right? Uh, it's, it's clickbait a lot of times. So you kind of click it with hesitation because you, for the past three to six months, we've been told Cam Newton's leaving the Panthers and all of a sudden now there's something different. You're expecting it to be an opinion piece. Uh, and as I'm reading through a very short article, uh, which is really somebody writing about somebody else saying something, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Uh, Ian Rappaport had stated that per sources uh, n- that know of the situation, what she hasn't done yet when, with regard to Cam, said Cam Newton is going to stay at Panther this year. Not just to, you know, and, and, and this is where the first thing that Greg and everybody had a, a feeling about. They said, well, what if this is just trying to uh, inflate his value? from a trade value standpoint, because we've been talking about how they've done a really crap job of making it actually something people want, uh, because you haven't shown that this is something that's a valuable piece to your organization. Cause if it's valuable. Guess what? It's going to cost a lot more. If it's not valuable, nobody's going to offer you anything. So we thought, Hey, maybe it's to inflate value, except for the fact that the statement that comes along with it is he's quite a few months away from being fully healthy and ready to go game ready. And that's going to complicate the idea of trading him specifically before the draft. So it, you kind of get this feeling like per the article, it's we don't have any other option. We've got to keep Cam. But at the same time, that makes you believe that we are actually keeping Cam because why would they say that information along with it if it's to inflate draft value because it, or you know trade value because that's clearly not what's happened. So a lot of uh juicy tidbits to this a lot of opinions to it i know you know we've had this chat going on all day about what this could mean and how this is going to affect the organization and the draft but um yeah it's definitely a news in 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 a positive way that we haven't seen in a in a good little while at least since the joe brady hire cody you know, your thoughts I'm, on the yeah, news today i'm basically uh you know i kind of heard this and that initial rush of excitement kind of hit me like everyone else. You know, we've finally gotten more confirmation than we've ever had that, you know, they're, they're going to be rolling forward with Cam Newton this year as the quarterback. Um, I, I do think it's under um, less than great circumstances because what CK said absolutely does matter. If, if they're getting medical reports that they, you know, they don't think Cam Newton is going to be anywhere near ready for football for another few months, even though he's currently on track with his current injury timetable. I mean, really what you're saying is, is they don't even trust that, that Cam Newton is going to be a valuable trade asset for them down the road. So that is a good thing because no matter what you feel about the matter, it is another step in the process of Cam Newton being the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers next year. Now, the question that that raises to me is that you're also hearing these rumors at the combine that the Panthers are very interested in the quarterback position. They are doing their due diligence on quarterbacks. They're meeting with Herbert and Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa and all these people, which, by the way, as they should be doing. Every team needs to do their due diligence, especially at the combine. 
But uh, my question is right now, you know, as as uh, as bad of a move as this would be to me, I'm wondering if the Panthers are thinking, well, we know we have Cam Newton for another year. Let him play out the year. But if you do let Justin Herbert or if you do let Tua Tagovailoa and they happen to fall on your lap, do you take them and let them sit for a year behind Cam Newton and then uh, as soon as the year is over, let Cam Newton see what some other team is going to be willing to pay for him? Um, I know that's a lot to kind of grasp at one time, but I do think that's a brand new dynamic to this whole situation that none of us have talked about yet or even thought about happening, that Cam Newton could be the starter next year, but it's also possible we might draft a quarterback as well. Uh, CK sent this this morning, and I'm not going to lie, man, I was happy. I'm not going to say was. I am. I want to establish the foundation of my argument here. I am happy if Carolina decides to stick with Cam Newton and run with that. That is what I want, okay? And like I was saying earlier, I feel like I like to look at it as I would rather hope for the best but prepare for the worst. So if I'm going to be wrong about the Cam Newton situation, the worst thing about me being wrong is I get Cam Newton as a quarterback. Whereas if I'm right about the Cam Newton situation – then you know I'm prepared for it because I've been preparing myself for it. So that's kind of the mindset that I'm in with it. But my stance is I want Cam Newton as a quarterback. I want him to be, you know, on this team next year. I want number one. I don't want to have to retire another damn jersey. Like it's so irritating. But it's too um, tough. It's too tough. Exactly. I've done. Too <laughs> yeah. Many. Um. But um. Cam Newton. This this whole argument about whether Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback or not is, is is really relevant to everything that we're hearing. And I try to look at everything that I can from a lot of different points of view. I have a really hard time putting my faith into one thought or, or, or process because I try to look at everything. Um, and there's just a lot of things that came out with the Matt Rule speech because when I heard the Matt Rule speech, I loved it. I watched it three times. I wrote notes on it. I have all kinds of stuff. And then... Just the article coming out afterwards about the possible about the Panthers wanting to move forward. I think it was Matt Johnson uh, of, of uh, the Panthers wanting to move forward and push for the number one pick. Oh, that Benjamin Albright about, thing. I think it was Benjamin. Huh? Al- I think his name is Benjamin Albright. That yeah. said right. that he put out a story yesterday saying. That the Panthers could push for the number one pick. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. And that yeah. just makes me want to go back and reevaluate everything. And when I go back and reevaluate the Matt Rule stuff, there are some things that, standing back from a point of view of not listening to what he's saying that I like hearing, there are certain things in there that he says a couple of times, and the way he says it and the number of times he says it does mean something, at least could mean something. So we'll talk about that when we get to Matt Rule, but good. So this is the first time we've heard Matt Rule take the mic, really, since his initial run, you know, victory lap after getting the job. And this is also the first time where the Carolina Panthers have made the correct statement about Cam Newton going forward. Right? Is that here is the thing is for the last... Look, I have said this 
and I think I have actually been unrelenting throughout the last couple of months. It's saying it just doesn't make sense for the Panthers to part ways with Cam unnecessarily. Right now, that doesn't mean this. Is that that doesn't mean if somebody calls you up and says, "Will you do this crazy ass deal?" that you won't think about it. I'm not saying that, but look, it just doesn't really make sense for Carolina to go from seven to one and have Cam on a twenty million dollar year. It just seems like it would cost too much when you've got an MVP there. On top of that, releasing Cam Newton, we've talked about this for months, didn't make any sense either. And large, arguably trading him didn't make a ton of sense because look at the language that is all of a sudden being used now. And we all knew this. Everyone knew this because while they say six to eight weeks for recovery for that Liz Frank, that's just for getting out of the boot. That is not for going and playing football. Everything I've heard since the very beginning when we heard this could be a Liz Frank injury was a men, was a year recovery ultimately, you know? And so he's not going to be ready until late in the summer at the very minimum. You even heard the word September out of Matt Rule's mouth today. So even trading him didn't make a ton of sense, even though there was this almost spurious now. All right. So I think I've been pretty on the, on the line there or holding the fort down that that's the right thing to do with Cam, whether you think he's going to be the quarterback after 2020 or not. It just, so all of that came to truth and fruition. I feel validated. But also, what do you guys think now about the report from Jordan Rodriguez that we led, read last week? After the language that Matt Rule used today about how cautious and deliberately cautious they're going to be with Cam Newton, do you really think he's ready for on-field workouts with other teams in March 2nd, like was reported last week? Again, the everything with Cam Newton is it's it's a big question mark, and that's what's so frustrating. So no, we don't know that he would be ready. But to that do was that Jordan Rodriguez, and I'm starting to think. Team. I think that that what what was that kind of? I I don't. That sounds well, that sounds ridiculous now at the at the after the way the team was talking about him today. Well, listen, all I can claim from it is this. Um, it, you know, they, obviously someone felt confident enough to put this out there. So they, you know, they feel like they're going to, um, you know, whether they heard the fan backlash or whether they finally came around to the idea that you don't want to completely give up on the narrative that Cam Newton is going to be your starter for the next season because you want there to be real trade value for him. The, the ultimate question about Cam is his health. And what remained true then remained true remains true now. We have no idea what condition he's. And it remained in. it remained true a month ago. This should have been the company line all along. But this is what I, I really did like about Matt Rule in his press conference today. Everything he said made logical sense, and I yeah. even uh, know that Greg on Twitter was even giving this press conference some love. You know, oh, yeah. he he actually said things that mattered. He said, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what Cam Newton's health is, you know, from going from non-football mode to football mode, that's an entirely different lifestyle. So we have to make sure that since Cam, Newton, since Cam Newton hasn't played football in two years, there has to be a process of getting him back into the program and, and thinking about football and adapting him into the system that they intend to implement here. 
And I really love that because if we're going to pay Matt Rule all this money and reset the head coaching market, everything Matt Rule said sounds like he had a concise idea and he has a real plan that he's trying to implement here in Carolina, a real process of, of going about doing things. He even talked about the types of players that he wants to draft and how a lot of players don't really have a true home anymore. You know, uh, tackles are playing guard and vice versa. Um, you look at guys like... Uh, yeah, I worry about that in the NFL, though. I worry about well, that in the NFL. What I, what I think is that it represents a changing of the guard and the way things are done. A lot of the college concepts for a long time have been frowned upon in the NFL. But now you see them all starting to be adopted slowly and surely. What that says to me is that Matt Rule is a guy who, if I'm a betting man, is probably ahead of the curve on a lot of these trends. And he even said himself it was his decision to go out and hire Joe Brady. So yeah, that says he was emphatic me, about that today, right. too. So that says he didn't just let it. that go off to the wayside, Cody. Right. He and, made and he sure to say, for it too. yeah. Mm-hmm. He deserves the credit for it. When you look at how the NFL is such a passing league right now, Joe Brady and his offense just put up one of the most historic offenses in college football history. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Matt Rule is able to uh, put his thumb to the wind and see which way the wind's blowing. And that really bodes well for the kind of leadership that we now have as the CEO of our football operation. All right, let's go to this. Let's pan over. I got the clip from Matt Rule talking about Cam Newton. Let's see how this works. Oh yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely want Cam here. I absolutely, you know, there's, there's no doubt about that. I just, I just, you know, again, I'm going to be very like methodical about the way I do things. Right, it makes me kind of boring sometimes. I get it, but um, at the end of the day, like you know, it's, it's, it's all about what's next for us, and that's just we have to make sure we continue to get him healthy, and um, and he's doing a great job of that. I want to make sure I say that he's going above and beyond in that regard. So, it, when healthy, I think there's no doubt about who he is and what he can do. So we just have to get him there. All right, so that's Matt Rule right there talking about uh, Cam Newton, and I know that the audio was cut off early on. He said, I absolutely want Cam Newton. Brad Dugan says this. I love how Matt Rule presser today. I love the Matt Rule presser today, and I liked how he answered the Cam questions first and got out of the way. Yeah. Um, yes. He does. Uh, and, and that's almost today was the, like what we wanted to probably, if they could have just trotted Matt Rule out three weeks ago now to say this very same thing. Yeah, it would have dispelled 100%. so much shit, and I don't. It's know almost why. like the motivational speaker should be the voice of the Carolina Panthers. How about that? <laughs> you you know what it what it did. I did have a moment of worry when he came out here and was so good today, and do it and like putting out these fires. Is that we watched Ron Rivera have to go out? and put out fire after fire after fire with this organization. Do you remember when they relentlessly trudged him out there when Greg Hardy was in trouble, when they relentless, they every, they trotted him out there. Dave Gettleman, he was nowhere to be seen. Our owner, nowhere to be seen. Ron Rivera. Yeah. That's one thing you got to give Ron Rivera credit for is he was the, the mouthpiece under those guys so much. And, I just had that moment where I was like, gosh, we actually do want Rule being the mouthpiece. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's great at his job. Let me ask all of you a question real quick. You know, out of at any time in the Panthers history, when Ron Rivera had to give concise answers and, and, and let the fans know what was happening, did anyone ever come away from a Ron Rivera press conference as filled in and informed as, as they did from this one Matt Rule press conference? Like, I can't remember Ron Rivera ever giving me that much great information about the insight of what we're doing. I don't know. I, I think Ron was pretty good in some cases. He, I felt like he was yeah, always pretty good I at the disagree. combine. I think he was better almost early on. I do think when it comes to Ron Rivera that it was a little trust in us, trust in us rather than what that means. And you said something earlier, Cody, that is that you really felt like there was a vision and a plan. And I just felt like Ron Rivera was like, if you hit them hard, you play hard, you're going to win football (laughs) games. Yeah, yeah. I like the candid nature of it when he would say things like, listen, I know I say the process a lot, and I seem like I'm a little boring when I say those things, and it may seem cliche. The fact that you recognize those things publicly, I think, is a change of pace already. That's the opposite of Instead of saying missed opportunities, missed opportunities for seven years until you make a T-shirt. There it is. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What? Can I address? They canceled what? what? Can you hear me? Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) We can, Greg. It was just uh, more interesting what was going over on Tony's side. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Okay, I want to address this this Matt Rule thing because, you know, as everybody knows, I wasn't impressed with his first interview because, like they admitted, he wasn't saying anything, which is exactly what I said. He wasn't saying anything, okay? He did say a lot of things in this interview I loved. You're absolutely right, Tony. This is what they should have been saying about Cam Newton from the beginning. It would have changed everything. It would have completely made the image of Cam Newton and what we're doing to Cam Newton different around the league. Okay? There are great things about this press conference that he said, and I wrote a lot of it down, man. Like I said, I went through and listened to it a couple of times and wrote a lot of it down. And I want to I want to emphasize that he said when he got signed, he addressed Cam Newton first. He was excited to work and get to work with and get to know Cam Newton. He really wants to get Cam Newton on the team. He wants to coach Cam. Uh, you know, like, I, I want Cam here. These are all quotes that he said in this article. So he said it multiple times that he wants Cam. Okay? So we'll put that on the back burner. All right? There are other things he said that I liked a lot, too. He did say that he, want, that he wants to have a competition-based um, team. So he's not going to be like Ron Rivera, where Ron Rivera just plays the guy he wants no matter what. He's going to allow competition, which is going to hopefully let the best, the cream of the crop, you know, be the ones who we play with. Right. Um, he praised the running back room and said that they're going to attempt to have multiple running backs on the field at one, you know, at uh, times and start to utilize that. And I love that. Uh, they've revamped the training room and the equipment, which is great because I've always thought the training for the Carolina Panthers and conditioning or training and conditioning was the worst part of the Panthers, which is why we're always injured so much. And, you know, Cam Newton, Greg Olson, players like that just always stay injured. Like, I just, I think our training staff is not a good staff. Um, but I want to go back to, to him praising Cam Newton so much. Like, I look at these things psychologically, and 
you could look at it as overcompensating. And when you're overcompensating something, you're overcompensating it because you don't believe in what you're actually saying or you're lying about something. Okay? I'm not saying he is. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Okay? He said those a number of times. The other things he said one time, one time real quick, just to slip a little fib in, slip a little truth in there. That way he can tell you, I wasn't lying, I said this, was we're always willing to make moves to improve the team. Okay? Whenever he was talking about Cam Newton, he never said anything definitively. I want to. I really want this. I really want that. However, when he had other stuff he was talking about definitively, Joe Joe Brady was my hire. I'm going to make this team a competitive-based team. Then he, then he went to the draft and he said, hopefully we'll make the right picks. No, we will make the right picks. So he will make a definitive answer, but he didn't say anything definitive about Cam Newton. It was all... I don't think you can, I want though. This, I want that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just don't think you can. Is that, like, he... <clears throat> You haven't had any of the workouts. You haven't had OTAs. You haven't had. It's almost going to be this is that that's why he threw the word September out there. Is because really this call is probably going to come down to maybe the last two weeks of training camp, and uh, and what they see uh, out of Cam Newton around that preseason football time. Not that they're well, going to probably not- play him in that, but what I mean is. You know, a lot of those finalized decisions, I do, I truly believe this, is that I don't think the Panthers are out of the running if a opportunity to get to uh, presents itself. We don't know what they think about these other guys. But here, this well, is, go ahead and comment on it. Well, um, no, with, with that, you're talking about that it may come down to September or the second week of, uh, do they want to take that chance? Like, do they really, like, if you have the seventh pick and the possibility of maybe moving up, you've got to keep that in your mind. Do they want to take that chance of it coming down to the second week of preseason and, oh, no, he's not ready, or, oh, no, this happens? Like, I don't think you have a choice. I mean, you, so, and this is, this and you can is, still make moves. You don't have to trade. I, mean, I don't think trading up earlier. is a good idea. I, 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 I said this earlier that, I mean, really, what this has gotten us ultimately is that we are one step closer to Cam Newton being the quarterback for the Panthers next okay. year. As of right now, there is nothing set in stone. And listen, Jonathan Jones has already been saying this, Tony. I don't know if you have the clip or not, but there is still a lot of doubt, even amongst people in the media, as to whether or not Cam Newton will be the, the quarterback for the Panthers next year. Yeah, I so don't think they I, said I, it was going to happen. Say is, yeah, what I will say is this. I, you know, it, we have to take small victories when they come. And no. right now, we haven't gotten anything even close to this. And then Cam Newton puts out an Instagram video. Uh, shout out to Brad Dugan. He shared it with me on Twitter. You know, basically Cam saying he just wants a little bit of commitment. He just wants someone to, to show him some love. And, and he's, by the way, he's in his gym training, trying to get his body in peak condition, even while he's healing at the same time. I mean, listen, I think right now, you know, to, to even think that they could say anything that could assure us one way or, or the other is kind of juvenile. We're exactly. really not going to know anything exactly. definitive for a, for a lot of months left to come. 
What I do think, though, is that we are one step closer to the dream come true of seeing Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey in the Joe Brady offense and what that would mean for us. Mm-hmm. For at a least full season once. with mm-hmm. a healthy Cam yes. running with, with like a third-year DJ Moore, a fourth-year Curtis Samuel, uh, with a, hopefully an Ian yes. Thomas that's going to take a step up in this offense and Second with a completely revamped yeah. offensive line. I'm just yeah. saying there's a lot of things to look forward to when you think about it like that. Um, go ahead. And well, I, I wanted to mention one more one more thing before we move off of, of this topic. Because uh, so two things real quick, actually. So if if we do move forward with Cam Newton, you know, <laughs> even though I floated this possibility out there, it would be such a mistake with as many holes as we have on the roster to draft a quarterback in the top 10 if you are indeed going to go forward with Cam Newton next year when there are so many holes on the football team and you can get a dynamic player like Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda or a franchise left tackle and Andrew Thomas or Tristan Riffs. I mean, either one of those guys would be an incredible addition to the football team right now. Another thing that I think, you know, these past few Shows have been a little bit somber because there's been so much, uh, either someone's retiring or moving to a different football team, or we don't know who's going to be the quarterback next year. Listen, one of the things that I do want all Panther fans to be hopeful about is, you know, I'm the draft nerd on this show. For all the holes that we have on our pod or on our team right now, there, there could not be a better draft to fill those holes than coming up here in, in in April, man. There are so many wide receivers. Listen, I'm going to go on record right now and say that this is going to rival that 2011 class. I truly do think we have an wow. all-timer of a draft class coming this year, and there is no reason for the Panthers not to come away with at least four starters this year there is no reason for them not to do that here's my thing here's my thing if our goal is to keep cam newton and to your point cody if we draft a quarterback in the top 10 cam newton demands a trade there is no because what you're doing is you're setting him up to fail uh honestly that's what you're doing you're either setting him up to fail or to get hurt because you are not trying to do something to show that he you're putting no confidence in his ability to be the quarterback well, of I your mean, future. did you say that I mean I mean like the Chiefs did it with Alex Smith, Green Bay That's did it different. with is that I don't think it's if I'm talking about if a great situation lines winds up and you think that this is one year and done in Carolina for Cam, let him go play for his money. He can't he can't but be so upset. He's just got to go and ball out. And if he throws 40 touchdowns, he's going to get paid like a motherfucker and then egg on our face. You're right about that, but it's different with Kansas City. Cam Newton's been our franchise quarterback, the face of our franchise for nine years. Alex Smith played for Kansas City for, what, two years? Before they drafted? Um, they, yeah, yeah, so, he, he was I mean, there a while, but they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they knew they were moving on. They, right. they were going to move His on. Age, I mean, he was much older than Cam. I mean, I, mean, he, I think he, even drafting Will Greer last year, you could have been saying that. Oh, like, yeah. If you would have made that argument, then last year we could have used a third-round pick to do something better for Cam in this. Here, this I do want to go right. to the Jay, right. Jones, Jay Jones telling us what the news today meant. And then we're, let's get into the cat calls. 
Before joining us was really into the Carolina scene. So tell us more about what we know here with Cam Newton and the team. Now. Well, what we know in the news that's out there is the news that has been out there for a while, and that is that Cam Newton is not healthy right now to play a football game. And because he is not healthy enough to play a football game, he is not healthy enough to be cut, and he is not healthy enough to be traded. And thus... Because he's under contract for the Carolina Panthers, he's a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. That's the news of today, apparently. And so, listen, the, the Panthers do not yet know if he's going to be their week one starter in 2020. That has been clear for a very long time, for several months. That's why I continue to report that it is unclear what the Carolina Panthers are going to do at quarterback starting. In Actually, you have reported that he would sit right out now, and that he would be traded. Cam is our guy. Well, he's your guy until he's not, and we all understand that. And so when you talk about Cam, that is, it's all about the foot right now. And until we know what's going on with his foot, until he comes back healthy, that's still going to be a question. This doesn't put anything to bed. <laughs> Even in the breaking news. It doesn't put anything to bed, but I love how everybody always, they said this the whole time, and maybe we're like that too on this We show. are, and I, I was thinking about that too, you know, yeah, everything like we'll speculate, we'll do everything, but we're let's be honest. I mean, we're not we're not uh, broadcasting to millions of people and and swaying opinions about how things should work and and whatnot. These guys are actually changing the opinions of people uh, and actually making an impact on the way that uh, the 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 public views not only Cam Newton but the Panthers. And so that's where I think that this gets to be dangerous and and un uh irresponsible when you start speculating on you know what's going to happen once again with Jonathan Jones or you know whatever Jay Jones he's not that's, saying that's anything right. that we don't already know right you know he's not providing us a source that's saying that you know oh well you know we still don't know what's going to happen right you know he's just basically repeating everything we already know Matt Rule said well and he's he not said what be- we said what we said what Cody said earlier yeah and kind of what we've all been saying is that the news today was actually just the right news for the first time. And yeah. that is that, hey, right now Cam is part of this team and we look, we look forward to going forward with him. And that's what uh, Jonathan Jones said until he's not. But I've heard Jonathan Jones. I heard him on the Riot Report podcast, one of those, one of those podcasts that with him right when the, and I don't know if it was when what what news broke at that point. Maybe it was just the in, initial Ian Rappaport trade rumor stuff. And he said, "I can't see Cam Newton playing a final season of his deal. Like, why would he?" And he ultimately he was very strong in saying that just Cam would sit out. Cam would sit out. And so these guys, man, everybody, we're all like that. And every week when it comes to that Cam Newton, we. Lick our fingers, stick it up in the air, and see which way the wind's blowing. Guys, I do. Uh, any other thoughts on Cam Newton and the news today? Jarris Wright did get released today, uh, and uh, you know, his expired. Oh, right, right. Not released. Yeah, is that they decided not to pick his option up? Is I think what it was. And uh, so, Jarris Wright, thank you for your time. North Turner's boy uh, was great two years ago. Tough season last year, but. Like Cody says every week when we talk about these, the last year's team is that who wasn't, who was good last year? Yeah. Rather than, you know, so. Uh, CK, slide your chair six inches to your left and then you'll be full frame. Boom. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so guys, any other things before we go on to the cat calls? 
and then we'll get into um, the draft and some stuff, some stuff like that. I think we're good. All right, because I know they're going to want to talk about Cam, so we can just keep talking and talking and see what these guys. So, what are your say. thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like. Hi guys, Rich in London. It's been a few weeks. Uh, I'm very annoyed with all the Cam Newton malarkey. What's um, up, Rich? It looks like he's back. Going better, dude. a little bit before rules conference today, but Rappaport has now decided, rather than being shady, that he's back. Cam's uh, Instagram is at Cam's piss. Um, I hope he's back. Anyway, craziness. Concern that... The college coaching staff, I think the club uh, will know whether they know what good players are come the draft. Um, I think they're, they're, oh God, I can't remember his name now, James, sorry, I want to say James Dean or something, Cody. The interior defensive guy from Baylor will probably be the acid test of the draft. If he goes any higher than like the fifth round, they're the picking guys they know, but it's worrying whether they think that they're just going to be able to pick. Oh, he's quite good and we know him. Um, so now we'll see what they do in the draft. But anyway, love the combine and stuff. God knows what they're going to do with Bradbury. Uh, said to Tony earlier on, I think Trevor might well be waiting for the CBA. Um, as a businessman, why would you sign a whole load of contracts when it looks like the CBA is literally going to get done any moment? I know we're desperate, especially for like Mason and Ted Samuel. But why would you do like a four-year deal and then find out that you've either horrendously under or overpaid them? So that might well be why nothing's happened and why it's all been very quiet. So no, giving them the benefit of the doubt, but they're making me very, very twitchy as a fan. Anyway, love the podcast, guys, as usual. And Cody, look forward to chatting you soon. Take care, guys. Keep coming. All right, thanks for the call, Rich. Rich. That's Rich in London. Let's go through point by point. Obviously, we've we've flogged the cam horse. Let's go into this. As I think, what Rich was asking is, will Rule be able to establish himself as more than just a college recruiter and coach, but as someone who can identify talent uh, that will sustain in the NFL without relying too much on. His, you know, background as a college coach, Cody. You're watching the draft. You're watching Matt Rule and the and the discussion. How do you feel about it so far? As these guys go into their first draft in the NFL. Well, so as we've talked about here on this show before, Matt Rule, uh, just about everywhere he's been, it doesn't matter if it's Temple or Baylor, he likes athletic specimens to play different positions. And and he said that before. And when he was at Baylor and he wasn't able to get all the big-name recruits, he liked looking for guys that fit a certain athletic profile and then trusted the staff to coach them up. And this really, uh, it tickles my fancy a lot because there are certain position groups um, and certain players in this year's draft that I think are being undervalued because they're not necessarily at the right position in college. And it, it makes me more, um, it, it settles me down more that, that Matt Rule is going to be able to implement those same kinds of things here. And when the Carolina Panthers draft these superior athletes, we're going to be able to coach them up and put them in positions to help them be successful 
And I think that's so incredibly important, man. And you already have heard Matt Rule talk about uh, uh, competition. And he wants everything to be, uh, you know, just that, a competition. Well, how many times have we had the discussion where Ron Rivera wouldn't play the younger, better player because we knew he was going to go with the old grizzled veteran? And in my mind, that's a seniority rules type of deal. And Matt Rule is already telling you that that isn't going to be the case here in Carolina. It, when we draft players, they expect to for these dudes to come in and compete for a starting role right away. And that that makes me more hopeful about Marty Herney still being here. Because even though I'm not the biggest fan of Marty, I really do feel like right now, Matt Rule is the one steering the ship right now. And he's the one calling all the final shots. So if he determines he wants a player like Isaiah Simmons on his defense to replace Luke, then I don't really see David Tepper or Marty Herney telling him no. So I really do feel right now that we have a leader um, with the Carolina Panthers, and that's something we haven't had for a while. CK, how much do you think Matt Rule is going to rely on Marty Herney in this first draft process? Because the one concern I do have about, or it's not one concern, I think one of the uncertain areas with a college coach coming to the NFL ranks is the difference between having employees and the, and guys that contracts and you know, just all all the other things that come with a professional athlete versus going into a kid's high school living room Mm -hmm. and just trying to find the biggest, fastest kid that will buy your message. You appeal to the parent, you know, it's a different process. And, uh, and what I would be slightly, I'd I'd be interested to see is like, is he overly just to the athletic traits? Because, There was, I mean, if you think of what Al Davis, Al Davis was notorious with the Oakland Raiders for just being like, give us the most athletic fast dude you got and we'll figure out how to use him. And that's why Mike Mentor went in like the second round, not Mike Mentor, Mike Mitchell, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, this is going to be a learning curve and I I do think it's going to be important to see Herney in this process. Do you think he leans on him, CK? I I think... Being in a in a new organization in a position you've never been been in, I think you you would be foolish to not lean on the knowledge that Marty Herney is able to you know uh, provide him. The, the part of this that I think we all forget is Marty Herney isn't strapped or isn't tied by the leash by you know Jerry Richardson or Ron Rivera. We know Ron Rivera did not want you know. I'm not going to say he didn't want to have players that were going to take over a vet spot, but he wasn't actually drafting people to take over spots from veterans. He was trying to make this whole uh, thing about developing, and that's what we've seen over the past few years is the the draft picks he does have have been, you know, riding the bench, you know, and that's that's where I think now uh, Matt Rule being a part of this, telling him what he wants. Yes, I think that Matt Rule is going to. Uh, value athleticism more than I think uh, you're probably going to be comfortable with. But I do think that uh, that Matt Rule has an idea of what he wants this team to be. And I like the fact that he said that they sat down, they talked about their processes and he talked about what he wanted. He even went, I just love the detail he provided in that presser saying like, listen, I'm, 
you know, we're talking about we want this guy who's usually able to fit into this scheme with this technique. I mean, they seem to have an exact idea of what they want. And that's why I'm really confident in this draft. And I think it'll give us a lot of insight about what scheme they plan on running because as of right now, it's a lot of, you know, he said, I'm not allowed to talk about it like it's Tepper's rule, but we know it's Matt rule, you know, Matt rule who's actually coming up with these rules. No pun intended. Um, Marty Herney is a big part of it. I think you can't, you cannot leave knowledge on the table, especially with the experience he has in this, uh, in this league. All right. Next point to the call was uh, the CBA and how Tepper is going to be cautious entering contracts prior to knowing what the lay of the land is. You know, I, I wonder how the contracts will get less friendly in, in this CBA. Uh, so is there any impetus to go ahead and do some things when it's more friendly to the organization? I don't know if there's a difference in that or, or anything. You got to know that the league, though, the last time the league went through something where they faced a potential lockout, which I don't know if we're going to get that far in this case. It certainly seems like people just want to keep the money till churning that there was a real slowdown in the deals they were doing in the year before the CBA ran out, uh, particularly in Carolina. I don't know how other how it went across the league at the time. Guys, are there any contracts that are going to be a must to do before this CBA gets finalized? Um, I don't know. Again, it's just so hard to know what um, who the Panthers intend to go forward with and who they don't. Because, again, even if you don't have um, the best player at every position, you have to have someone penciled in for every for every position before you go into the draft or you're going to draft hungry. Um, so, again, I know this might not be very popular, but I'm a proponent of running back a similar defensive line to last year. Um, you know, if, I mean, Don Taripo, K1 Short uh, are already on the books. I don't think Gerald McCoy would be um, uh, too expensive to re-sign for another short-term contract. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, if, if we can add some reasonable depth behind them, um, I don't necessarily know outside of that who else is a must-keep. Um, one of the things I said is that uh, this year's cornerback class is one of the deepest that I personally have ever scouted. I mean, I can think of five players alone right now just based on watching, you know, four or more games of film that I would rather have over James Bradbury. And that's being honest. I think there are guys that, that have a higher ceiling than him that, that could be had in this draft. So um, I really don't know that we have any one contract that is absolutely necessary to do before the CBA unless you want to say maybe Christian McCaffrey but again, I mean, we really don't even know if we want to pay him right now or nah, yeah. continue with him under the current contract that he has. I don't think there's oh. a single one that is necessary to do. If Cam's isn't necessary to do, if C-Max isn't necessary to do, the only thing would be restructuring guys to get less money on the books. That's the only thing, not extending yeah. mugs out. Yeah, that's the... That's the tough part is, you know, when you look at the fact that we are number one in dead cap space, you know, uh, thanks heavily to, you know, Khalil and, uh, you know, Olsen now obviously has a little bit of a hit on that. Um, you know, that's tough, but that also means that we have 
uh, a lot to look forward to next year. You know, I think we'll have a little bit more room to, to be able to play around with. And I think the CBA will allow for uh, uh, a lot of that to, to change for us as well. We'll have to take a look at that when that comes out to see how that impacts the landscape. But um, the Gerald McCoy thing is interesting because he's actually expressed some interest in going back to the Bucks. Wow. Okay. I haven't heard that. We'll get back to that in just a second. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's continue through with the cat calls. Hey, Panthers fans over there. Uh, this is Anthony Rochelle. Um, I just saw, uh, it shows right here three days ago that Gerald McCoy could speak of the devil from the Panthers. And then I'm seeing right here five days later, uh, Gerald McCoy, I'm always going to feel like I'm a buccaneer. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. I guess he may not be happy of being on our team. Um, I don't know if he's going to re-sign with us, but he's he's really good talented. But if he's not happy to be on the Panthers, then what do you guys think? Um, let me know. I am kind of uh, disappointed if he does leave, but... What a what a perfect thanks for the call thanks for the call Anthony, uh, what perfect timing for that call. What do you make it? <laughs> you brought it up, CK. What do you make of it? Is because I think it would be difficult for him to. I mean, I'm not saying reunite with the Tampa in a kind of symbolic way, but in a meaningful way with Arians and the way he just kept flogging it. I just feel like they'll just rather retire him as a buck, but not make him one to play. Yeah, I'm not sure, and I'm not sure what the writing on the wall really states. Basically, uh, McCoy said this on a podcast for uh, you know Tampa, uh, and and it wasn't it wasn't I'm going to be a buck. You know, it's you know it was basically saying I'm always going to feel like a buck, and I can wear whatever jersey I want because I'm technically a free agent. And he said it would be a storybook ending to play you know Super Bowl Fifty Five as a as a Buccaneer. So, I mean, there's a lot of writing on the wall that he's created now that makes you believe that that is the end result for him. It's interesting because it is, you know, I don't want to say bad blood, but, you know, he said he's no, there's no hard feelings, you know, but uh, I just, I don't see how as an organization you would be able to go back to that because. Not that quickly. Basically, not that's yeah, not one, one season, right? You know, too you soon. basically just that he's not explosive and you expect after one season of, you know, decent play. It wasn't explosive play or anything like that, but he held his own, um, and he's a leader. And I think that's probably the biggest impact that he would have on that Bucks team is that he would be a leader. Uh, but I also think that that's a, a not necessarily a great thing when you look at their you know defense. They, I, I think they need to establish the, the the young players to be leaders. So I don't, I don't really see how that actually is yeah. going to come you know come to fruition. Just as but. retired, jer- yeah, retired jersey, and that's it. All right, the number is 252-228-5098. Next call. Yo, what's up, C3? Uh, this is Nova Black. The best. Nova Black. Nova Black. What's, what's up, up man? What's up, CK? What's up, what's up? Daddy? What's up, guys? What's up, everybody? My man. Um, You know, the news just came out. We finally got some sources say that Panthers, you know, the Panthers decided they're going to move forward with Cam. Whoop de doo. Everybody got what they wanted, you know, but Matt Rule came to the podium today. You know, 
I like what I heard from the guy. I was already thinking like, well, if they keep Cam, what should they do? Well, you know, you want to, I don't care who you put in that damn system. If they, they can't protect him, it's going to be another <coughs> another quarterback system, the same shit that we went through the last two years. So, yeah, right. you know, yeah, um, a man's uh, rule says on the defense, you know, they want multiplicity. So guys like Christian Miller and Brian Burns and, you know, uh, what's my man named Isaiah Simmons? That guy was fit right in, right? Right. Anyway, player is what he said. Building from the trenches, man. He protect the quarterback, rush the quarterback. And, and, and my personal opinion, I would start there, but who knows? You know, um, Matt Rule talked about how him and Marty and the scouts and all are on the same page and whatnot. Well, everybody know it ain't no secret. Marty has been A1 in the first round. You know, he's big, legit guy. So, um, that being said, I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for the Panthers moving forward. I'm excited to see Cam Newton healthy coming in this offense. I'm quite sure um, Cam will have a lot to do with some of the players because I remember back um, during one of the coach interviews with, uh, what's my man named, Mike Shula or whatnot, he talked about how Cam put his own inputs in on the plays and stuff like that, especially at the goal line. You know, this seems like it's going to be a fun season. I'm not saying we're going to come out and go 16-0 and or nothing like that. But, you know, I'm not going to have my expectations high, but I'm going to be excited to see what the Panthers come out with on offense and defense. And like I said once before, with the NFL changing to the, you know, to this new college-style offense, um, who's better to combat that than somebody who's been successful against college defenses and the best offensive coordinator in college, you know? So keep pounding, guys. Let's go. What are y'all thoughts on it? I'll be tuning in tonight, hopefully if I'm not asleep. I think that your call is always fire. That's what I think, Nova. Mm-hmm. Of course, it always is. It always is. And listen, he hits the nail on the head. And I've said this before. I mean, if you're not going, if you're rather if you are going to continue forward with Cam Newton as the quarterback, you have to fix the offensive line. I mean, listen, Joe Brady um uh and and Joe Burrow one of the things that benefited them the most was having an award-winning LSU offensive line in front of them and a quarterback that knew how, how to navigate once the pocket broke down well all of those boxes need to be checked here in Carolina before any quarterback starts throwing those kind of touchdown numbers um this is why I've been such a big proponent um, in the recent years of our build the wall mentality, you have to build a wall around Cam Newton. And, uh, you know, uh, especially in, in a draft such as this, this is the best. Oh, I, I sound like a broken record at this point, but this is the best draft in the years for so many different positions. And that goes for offensive tackle as well. I have Tristan Riffs, Andrew Thomas, and uh, Jedrick Rills all ranked higher than the previous number one ranked offensive tackle of the past few years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of talent that we're talking about in this year's draft. How dare the Carolina Panthers choose not to bolster this offensive line 
when they have such a good opportunity to do so in front of them, not just in the first round, but in the second and third as well. Yeah, I, I want to make a logical point to that as well. So Good, because I'll follow with that people, illogical point. Yeah, the, the I think the fear is that if we keep Cam, well, we're going to, what if he gets hurt and we suck next year, right? Well, let's say we go ahead and trade up get rid of a lot of our picks this year. We don't build an offensive line, but we go and get a quarterback like Tua, okay? Without an offensive line. We're still going to suck. How right? are you going to trade up and get Tua? That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's you would have to give the farm, right? So that's, what, that's my point is you're going to have very little impact. You're going to have very okay. little ability to build your, your offensive line if you do trade up. Because, I mean, you're not getting a, a good quarterback that's going to be your franchise quarterback unless you do trade up. I mean, there's a risk. involved. I mean, there are people out there that have the potential to be a franchise quarterback, but there is nobody. And I'm not saying anybody in the top 10 is going to be a franchise quarterback, guaranteed. Right. But I think you have a better shot with those guys. Um, but my point is, is we can go ahead, pay the farm, get one of these quarterbacks, and then not have an offensive line and do exactly to that person what we've done to Cam Newton for the past eight years. Or we keep Cam. If Cam gets hurt, guess what? We still suck. But we have an offensive line for the next person that we want in line. Right? All right. Want- I got a question about that because I think you're right. And I think really is that in any other year or any other moment, if you would have tuned into this podcast other than the way, the stupid way the Carolina Panthers have handled the Carolina, the Cam Newton thing, we would just be saying, draft that guy from Georgia. That's it. Number seven, nobody else wants a left no. tackle in the league, and everybody says he's like the best damn thing since sliced bread. Cody, is he better than Taylor Lewan? Is he better than – who was the guy that fell for taking the bong hit mask? Uh, yeah. Is he better than those two guys? Quentin I say yes. I, I, I do say yes, and a lot of people are probably, um, you know, there was a lot of hype around Larry Tunsil coming out. Um, yeah, he was like a top analysts, three pick originally. Listen, I really don't understand it for the life of me. Um, Andrew Thomas, uh, according to certain talent evaluators, is dropping on certain people's boards. I cannot understand why. The dude was in the SEC and he was a pass protector against SEC competition at the highest level and did it for three years in a row. One year at right tackle and two at left tackle. I mean, he went head-to-head with Clavon Chazon, who was the first-round uh, edge prospect out of LSU. And, I mean, Andrew Thomas pretty much had his way with him. His anchor strength is incredible. His, uh, his kick sets are fast and fluid. And he's 6'5", 320 pounds. I mean, there isn't anything that he doesn't do well. Andrew Thomas is my personal OT number one in this year's class. I have no problem if anyone else thinks different because that's how good Jedrick Willows and Tristan Riffs are. Um, But uh, as of right now, if if Andrew Thomas was drafted by the Carolina Panthers, we would have never had uh, a left tackle prospect on the offensive line ever in the history of the Panthers quite like Andrew Thomas. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I agree with you hundred percent on that, man. I think that would be a fantastic solution for, for, for the, uh, for, for Carolina number seven, if he's there, 
I do want to put one more option out there, though, because Nova Black was talking about he said offensive line and rush the passer, working those two things. And I know that, um, uh, what's his name today, Matt Rule was talking about he's looking for players that are positionless. So you've already got a Brian Burns. You've That's already got a Shaq Thompson me. that can move around and play a lot of players. So a guy like Simmons fits right into what he's talking about for that, and that that really solidifies the defense, I think. So, I mean, I don't know if either one of those guys will be available at seven, but I think that you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. I mean, whether you pick the left tackle or you pick the linebacker that can play, you know, six different positions, uh, I don't think you go wrong with either one of those guys. Who Who is the priority, Cody? Who is the priority? What do you mean? So you can make the choice to go defense or you can make the choice to go offensive line. Um, you can go. And I think that's tackle, a legitimate question because you're going to have your choice of the pick of the litter at that point. Yeah. I mean, you are going to have your choice and it's going to be a pick of the litter type thing. But I mean, it's, it's honestly, and you're not going to like this answer. Not if you will, but it's impossible to know right now. And you can't answer this until after free agency. We're, we're going to have to make some moves in free agency. We're going yeah. to have to fill out some holes on the roster. Once we do that, so for example, let's say we do what I'm talking about, and uh, we ended up re-signing um, or keeping the third year on Dontari Poe, and let's say we brought back Gerald McCoy, well then, no, I'm not really necessarily in a rush to reach out for a Derek Brown or even a Javon Kenlaw if I know I have those guys coming back, and I know I might be able to get a Neville Gallimore or a Ross Blacklock in the second round. So it, it all depends on what happens in free agency. I mean, right now, I mean, I have a number of dream picks. Isaiah Simmons replacing Luke Kickley yes. for the next decade? Come yeah. on, dude. Sign yeah. me up for that. Yeah. Inject that shit into my veins, dude. Jeffrey Okuda? replacing James Bradbury, you would never hear another complaint from Brother Herbert ever again. (laughs) If that's the case, man. Uh, So, yeah, there really is no answer. Well, to me, it sounds like this. As long as we don't reach for a QB, we're in good shape. Yeah, assuming we're not reaching for quarterback. Exactly. A hundred percent. Right now, we're in a beautiful position to actually – get a, a player that would drastically enhance what we want to do on the offense or defense. All right, so that's why I'm, I'm a fan of our, of, of not trading down and staying where you're at and building your roster. Um, a couple of good comments. We got to get to in the comment section. Carl D he says he's with me. He agrees. The positionless player is scary. I do have a certain fear to this when it comes to the NFL we have not really seen great success with tweeners in the NFL. We've seen guys kind of that have come in and be like undersized and that, that, that we think are going to bulk up and may not do it. We think of guys that look freakishly big or whatever when they were in college and they just look normal in the NFL. And I think of guys like, um, gosh, he recently was a wide receiver for the Cowboys. He's been with the, uh, he's been all around the league with the Rams. He was with the Rams. Tavon Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that these guys that are great athletes, 
It can do so many different things well, but don't do anything great. So there is a fear there for me and so much. We were we heard that with Shaq Thompson, you know. And look, and let's be honest, Shaq has been good, but he hasn't been great. And whether that's because of limited experience and playing time, well, I don't know what it is. But we're not all of a sudden saying Shaq is a guy that is going to dominate the football game. We're not really. And he's one of those dudes. Eric Reed, another one. We don't know where they belong. Brian Burns, maybe. And you see the coaching staff. So there. it sounds, I think that kind of flies a little bit better in college. Because you're just like this, is that our safety can run fast, faster than your wide receiver. So we're good. You know, I mean, you just speed and size wins. That, to me, only. that only that argument only works for a bunch of old football coaches that have zero creativity and can't evolve. Well, and, I am and, not and, that and old, way, sir, but, and I am not but, a football but listen, coach. But listen, uh, okay. That's why I got to push back on this, and I can actually even tell you a story about it related to Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is from Kansas. He was a three-star recruit. Kansas – uh, didn't offer him because they didn't know what his position was going to be. Clemson looked at him and said, oh, please give me that athletic bundle and you damn sure we're going to find a way to use him. And if you have that mentality, you can put players in the best position to win. But you that's a college mentality. Them. No, no, dude, again, I'm done with this. Oh, that's college. This is the NFL. The, the, oh. the, two of them, the two of them are blending together more and more and more. When you look at all the RPOs and the run-pass offenses, Lamar Jackson's offense, even a few years ago, no one ever thought that you would ever see something like that being run full-time in the NFL. Look at the Arizona Cardinals. The times are changing in the NFL, and what I'm telling you is that we have the coaching staff that can actually capitalize on these types of players that may not have a home, but we can put them in the best positions to win and put them in favorable matchups. Uh, don't just say look at the Cardinals and all of a sudden, like I'm going to just jump and be like, you were so right. With Adam their Murray was the offensive player. Five, five wins. Cardinals finished this year. Five and ten. Five, ten, and one. Tony, I want you to know that whether you know it or not, you're secretly joining my side right now on the argument against why I didn't like Matt Rule as the hire, because you're arguing against a college, like a, a college style offense or a college you know player with a, a, a multiple version player coming into the NFL and not working, which was my argument about Matt Rule coming into the NFL and that uh, thing not working. So. I'm 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 pulling you into this side, man. You you're you're gonna come to my side eventually. Carl D asked this. Carl D said, "Name a Hall of Fame positionless player." Uh, how about this? Brian Urlacher started started as a safety before he ever moved to linebacker. So did uh, uh, Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis. Yeah, Thomas. Uh, th- this happens all the time. But again, you're all the time. You just gave this me two examples that are like decades old. Listen, Shaq uh, Thompson started as a, as a different player. Can't use so Shaq much, as as a good example. But not in the pros. But he's, this, he, he's played linebacker solely. What I'm pros. just saying is this: is I'm there's I have some. I I just look is I'm I, I I'm going to take the Nova Black route, and the Nova Black route is at this point, and oh. that is instead of hyping on the negatives of what 
the potential pitfalls of Matt Rule or Joe Brady could be, you know, you cite lack of experience, you cite that kind of college mindset, you cite maybe being in over your head, whatever it may be, is we can focus on the positives too. And and that and that goes to your argument, Cody, is that those things, uh, you know, aren't necessarily always weaknesses, but there's going to be some assets that this staff brings to it. I just think there are some nuances to the NFL game that, uh, and I'm not saying the old hat's got the answer to it. It's just different. Can I speak to the other side of that coin, though? It's not necessarily saying that a player doesn't have a home. It's saying that a player has the ability to play multiple positions and you feel comfortable with them doing so. So, for example, every year there's always a tackle prospect that they say, oh, well, it'll be best if, it, if they kick him inside the guard. They're doing that with Tristan Riffs out of Iowa, which I'm of the mindset that uh, uh, an offensive tackle and what they have to do is so much more difficult than playing guard. If you can find a guy that can play tackle, you need to let him prove that he can't do it there first. And I think that's kind of my point, is that if you're drafting a player, you know he might be able to fill – a number of different needs on any different on, on any different down. So, uh, 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 one example of this, I would have no problem putting Isaiah Simmons on Julio Jones or Mike Evans. I would have absolutely no problem doing that because he can run with them and he can flip his hips and he's long and can go up and and bat down the football. And I mean, that's what I'm talking about. If you're not able to utilize that kind of talent, there's something wrong with your coaching staff, not the player. Well, all right. So maybe talking a top 10 pick is not where we need to focus that on. Let's talk about the fifth and sixth round or the third rounds that you're trying to make something. We'll just see. We'll see. There's a lot. Look, there's got a lot to be seen when it comes to this team and going forward. And I think Granova Black came back for seconds. Yo, CP, this Nova Black. I had to call back real one more thing. I just wanted to say, you know, a lot of people sleeping on Shaq Thompson, you know. Uh, okay. It ain't no big, 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 oh you know, no gosh, surprise. That Shaq can, you know, take over the defense. Well, I want to say this, you know, a lot of people underestimate that, you know, besides Luke Kickley, Thomas Davis really didn't rack up a lot of, a lot of tackles and stuff like that. Like the last year he played beside Luke, he only racked up like 90-something. Then he left and went to the I Chargers. I think he was suspended for four games. Like 115 though. or something like that. So he was like uh, somewhere between like 9, 11, and 12 and like the most tackles and all of that. And then look at Shaq, his first year playing beside Luke as a starter. He racked up like 111 tackles. That's still a lot of tackles. Imagine being the lead dog in that defense without without Luke, you know. And if the ants if the Panthers stood, if it happens, if the football gods ingratiate us with Isaiah Simmons, imagine having yes. Shaq Thompson back there, man, leading this new defense, man. I'm excited. Keep pounding. The question yes. is, is if yes. that we did get Isaiah Simmons and you put him beside Shaq, who should be middle linebacker? Because I kind of think Shaq, when he stepped in for Luke at middle linebacker, looked pretty good. You know, almost maybe, like maybe, that. Maybe. Maybe on Simmons' rookie year, I would let Shaq play the middle linebacker unless Isaiah Simmons just far out, you know, just shows him up. Where does that uh, athleticism reign better? 
where does the athleticism show better, guys? Does it show at like the loop position? Or does I, it show- I think you're looking for more of a field leader and a thinker rather than necessarily the best athlete for your middle linebacker. At least I would be. I want a field general for my little middle linebacker. He doesn't have to be my best football player on the defense, but I want him to be the smartest guy and control everything. And that's why I say Isaiah Simmons, he plays all those positions. And from what I've seen of him and Cody's talked about him, that sounds like that could be that guy. Yeah. And um, CK, you want to go first on this one? No, you go ahead. So one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, I, I will say is that I do not believe the answer is on the roster right now. So whether it be through free agency um, bringing in somebody to, to fill out this roster or drafting a person. Uh, we're going to have to do one, one of the others. And uh, another thing is that um, uh, this draft is so deep at so many different positions. Here I go again saying the same old shit. Um, here, here are some other names that, that the Panthers should be in consideration for uh, maybe a little bit later on down the road. Kenneth Murray, the inside linebacker out of Oklahoma. I mean, this guy, any other year that doesn't have Isaiah Simmons in it, this dude is easily linebacker number one. I mean, the dude's six foot two, uh, 240 pounds, long arms, fast, he's sideline to sideline. He can wrap you up, and he has good play recognition. So, I mean, that would be a perfect uh, – he might even be a first-round player. So, I mean, who knows if he's even going to be available to us. Patrick Queen and the LSU. Um, there are players that that we have to have our eye on because right now, I mean, it has not dawned on us yet what losing Luke Kickley has meant to this defense. And for right. for a while, we're going to have some real bad growing pains as we figure out what life after Luke looks like on defense. Let me ask you fellas real quick. Let's just say the draft's right now. You're on the clock, and all five of these players are available. Just first thought, who do you pick? Brown, Kinlaw, Thomas, Simmons, Okuda? Probably Thomas. Just because it, it, it feels necessity, the type of player that that you need to have, that we have to have, that we haven't had. It, it, I mean, even I'm willing to admit it might not be the sexiest pick, but I'd be damned if it isn't the most necessary, man. But, I mean, you really can't go wrong with almost any of those twos. CK. CK, what about you? Don't do it, CK. I got to go offensive line. Okay. Uh, Thomas. Yeah. I'm not answering this question. Oh, why not? Uh, Cop out. Because I, man, I don't know. Is that, like, it just, first I've seen this, is I get so, so I want to be hype about the, left tackle position. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you get this transcendent player there, like, it's such a it, – it's almost like adding a quarterback to your team. Yeah. And I don't know if other positions change your team. I think a linebacker changes you quickly. Like, it's visually you see it real quick. Like, when you get a great linebacker like they have in Tampa, you know, these guys that are coming out real early – and they just automatically make your defense faster and visually more appealing. 
but man but more effective too right not yeah just yeah i mean it's good yeah man it's so. more effective but i don't know if in the long term if you get a guy who's you know resilient plays a lot and is just awesome at left tackle it's almost right. equivalent of adding a f- damn quarterback in my opinion, I do think a shutdown corner on a five-year deal sounds pretty damn awesome too. Yes. And and oh. the scary thing for me is this: is I bet you Isaiah Simmons has the least risk. I bet you uh, the guy from uh, Georgia has the highest payoff potentially, and I think Okuda could be the most dominant you know, just singular player out of the group. But I didn't get scared so much of what we've seen. I've seen over, since we've been doing this podcast since 2013 and covering the draft and the combine, every year I hear people talk about left tackles like this. Every year. And all of them fucking stink. I cannot remember the last left tackle that you guys told me that was going to be dominant. And was actually fucking dominant. The closest we have gotten is the dude from Atlanta like four or five years ago. And he ain't even but that good. And I don't even remember well, his name. What, That's what, how good what, he is. What players, what players haven't lived up to the expectation? DJ Humphreys, Laramie Tunsil. Uh, uh, Tunsil's been pretty good. Dude, he's fucking stunk. He stunk this year for the Texans. He stunk. He did not stink. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was a he was a penalty machine. I promise you. Look up his stats. He stunk. I promise you. I I watched the Texans more than I want to admit, and he was not good in those games, dude. Yeah, his stats stunk. You tell me. How about that? You tell me who the last left tackle that was drafted in the top in the first round that has just been the downright beast mode in the top 15. Ryan Ramchick for the Saints. Quentin Nelson, not a tackle, but Quentin Nelson for the Colts. Tackle. I I want that left tackle. Yeah, left tackle. Yeah, that that he is right. You got to be specific on that left tackle position because if, saying, you, if you're yeah. going to break down the offensive line, that is the position. You know, that's that you want that name guy one like I, anybody. Right. I'm telling you, yeah, they are right. so hard to hit. They are so hard to hit. So hard to hit. Well, yeah. um, it could be career making to have a solid left tackle for a quarterback. But boy, when they hit. Man, they're they hitting a way that's, that's different from almost any other position. Rex uh, Smith said Taylor. Time to stand. Taylor yeah, Tyron, Smith. Tyron Smith, yeah, that's a... He was drafted number nine. That's a pretty damn good one. And uh, who's he Taylor with? LeJuan. Taylor LeJuan's been a pretty damn good one. Um, let's see Cowboys. who else. There, there have been a few. When was he drafted? Ty- All right, so he was drafted. He was born in 1990, Tyron Smith. When did he go to the NFL? 2011. All right, all right. so you gave me one that was nine years ago, eight years ago. Well, but I think something that you're pointing out is these offensive linemen. Now, that is one way it's true. Moving from college to the NFL, there is a lot of differences. So a lot of these players that, you know, look great in college, well, there's a, there's a bit more of a learning curve that, that comes with it now uh, once they do finally get into the NFL. So 
That's oh, where man. I think Okuda is probably and Simmons have a low risk to them. Mm, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, especially given the situation that that we're in and now. And then when you get with those big boys too, is that like uh, you get a guy that gets an injury? But also, that, Tony, I understand what you're saying, but it's just riskier. So you asked me who I would pick. And if I was yeah. feeling safe, it would be Akuda or Simmons. If it was feeling like I was trying to bet, like the long term, okay, like I got fair. Square stock or PayPal stock, and I don't want it to just crush over the next two years. I want it to crush over the next decade. Then I'd pick the tackle. Right. So you're just okay. saying there's a bigger bust potential. Therefore, yes. you'd feel safer. Yeah. Hey, that's a that's a valid that's a yeah. valid answer, man. Good answer. That's why I don't know why you didn't want to answer because you got a great answer. <laughs> great Scared. Answer. All right. Uh, uh, okay. So I looked up. I looked up Laramie Tunzel stuff. Uh, he was thirty second in the league for tackles that played uh, snaps played at nine or fifteen. He had, mm. was first in the league for penalties in his position, <laughs> and he was tied for forty seventh in the league for sacks allowed. And I don't pay for sorry focus. Forty seventh was this. Uh, what, you're on a pro football he's program? number one yeah, in the league in so penalties. He was the number no, one in penalties. He had three sacks allowed. Yeah, three sacks allowed. That's what I said. Yeah. He, but I was tied for 47th. So he wasn't yeah. terrible on the sack part, but the he wasn't penalty. terrible on the sack. He was terrible in penalties. Yeah, and yeah. The penalties and, and he, are a problem. He was the first in the league in penalties. Like he had the most penalties called on him, and he played the least snaps of anybody in his position. And also, I remember they traded uh, for him. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was his first uh, year in the system. Again, it's kind of hard that, to evaluate talent from Miami. Right, and the final thing I'll say: look how many players. This goes back to my argument of you have to have a coaching staff that knows how to utilize the players. Look how many people have left the Miami Dolphins and have now gone on and they're looking like world beaters, but they didn't look like anything when they were in Miami. I mean, The only one that's doing that is that safety. No, Jay Ajay did it. Uh, Kenyon Drake did it. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick did it. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is the only one. And and listen, you can ask Texans fans. They were not all that disappointed with Tunsil this year. Lies. So, lies. Okay. I mean, other than the penalties, he wasn't that bad. Wasn't he in the Pro Bowl? Uh, I don't know if it was. No, nobody watches that. It doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> next call. 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. We want to hear from you. Hi, it's Russian London. I've just seen the Matt Rule uh, interview at the Combine. Ignore my last phone call. I've got every confidence in him. Take care, take care guys. <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> Boom. He's like, uh, he's like a stat daddy. It's just into all of a sudden he felt, you know what? I felt like that after his initial press conference. I don't know. We'll see what this combine is, is that he did say one of the things I think he let slip. Now it could have just been an error, right? It could have just been an error in the way he was talking is that because he was in combine draft mode. But he did say that this season starts with, you know, this combine and built in the draft. And we know it does start with the combine today. But it really, like Cody said, this free agency is going to tweak so much. Right? And and that should not dictate your draft, but it does have an influence. You know, just simply does. All right, next call, 252-228-5098. Yo, what did I tell y'all? 
What did I tell y'all? It's just for math. God damn it, what did I tell y'all? <laughs> the doubt and the questions and the I'm 80% sure he's not going to be on this team next year. He's talking to you, Cam, as a Panther. <laughs> y'all can take that bullshit yeah. and shove it somewhere where the goddamn sun don't shine. Because the man is coming back. Who? And he's going to be on the fuck you tour this year. He's going to he's gonna tell everybody, you don't like it, you can get the fuck out. I oh, hope shit. he's right. I really do. And yeah, we got a report from Mr. Ian Rappaport this morning, which, you know, that's kind of suspect sometimes, depending on what his sources are or whether... It's know, his feelings. The wording is, you got to pay attention to that. But then, then... Today, as press conference, one coach rule made it pretty clear that he has no interest in any situation other than Cam being the starting quarterback this year. And you could say, well, the language was a little loose. It was a little bit, it was less. It bullshit. Bullshit. You gotta understand the man can't show his full hand right now. He can't say anything. And he also didn't commit to anybody being a starter right away. That includes Christian McCaffrey. Do you really think if, if a healthy Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, these guys are, are healthy this year, that they ain't going to be the starters? You're out of your goddamn mind. You're out of your goddamn mind. Out of it. So y'all get ready. Y'all get damn ready. All you haters, get ready. <laughs> We're trying to get back in our minds. Fuck you for 2020. He's going to come out here. He's going to fuck up your bullshit. He's going to fuck up your team. And then he's probably going to stop at your house and fuck your damn wife on the way home. Oh, yeah, 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 He's trying to cuck some husbands. I mean, yeah, y'all like to point, you know, people point out, well, Jake, thank you to Jake for what he did, but he don't match up to what Cam has done. Oh, not 100% agree. True that. Not even in the same universe. It's not in the same conversation. Yeah. 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 Flat out. And, uh, shout True out to the stat daddy. Saw you, uh, kind of came around on Coach Rule today, huh? A little uh, bit. Glad to hear that, to. that there's some confidence being uh, garnered where there was once at least a little bit of doubt. As always, guys, love the show. Love the chat. Not sure if I'm 100% going to be in there tonight. Got some unfortunate crap to deal with this evening. Oh, well, um, you're here. At the very least, I'll Cam Newton, Newton just showed up at his door looking for his girlfriend. Josh from Matt. Out. All right, Josh from Matt. Nice. Love you, Josh, call. man. Thanks. Fiery, fiery love call the energy, today. man. Fiery call. Uh, Cam Newton. On the Can the record term. show that there is not a single asshole on this podcast that doesn't want Cam Newton to be the starting quarterback next year? <laughs> Thank Every you. Every single one yes. of us wants Cam Newton to be the quarterback. I'm just putting that out there, man. Can Oh, you know, I got something oh, to screw this whole that. thing up, though. Is, uh, <laughs> I know that we have been fre- like talking about trading and we've gotten fatigued by the trade up for Burrow blah 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 but say you wanted to go to number three alright mm. there do I know this is going to be sacrilegious everybody's about to th- like throw tomatoes at me uh, in the podcast <laughs> world but tell me what team again selects number three the Detroit the Dolphins, Lions oh the Dolphins 
And if we are um, in a mode where we really think that this could be a long-term process, what is the one position that the Detroit Lions have not been able to answer since Barry Sanders? Um, Didn't you answer it just now? I did just answer it, and that is the running back. I know where you know, but hey, if you really wanted to go to three, there might be a pathway mm. there. And I'm more interested in going backwards. I agree. I agree. I don't want to go up. I don't think. I don't think there's any need to. I think. Uh, but what would ask- you be going up for, Tony? If you, if you get rid of Christian McCaffrey, which is what I'm assuming, you're, what I you know, presume you're you're talking about to Detroit for the third pick, what are you moving up for? Like I mean, what, I would just say it would have to be like two. No, that, like the only thing that would be is two to two to two. two, 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 two. <laughs> okay, so, so quarterback. Okay, that's okay. What, that's what I'm wondering because so, if you're not going up for quarterback, there's no reason. to Yeah, I don't really think it's like, the right it's, move. It's I just do think that is is that we have been focusing on how tough it would be. Maybe the giant. You don't even got to deal with the Giants. Is but here, I don't. I don't want to d- go down that path anyway. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. If we keep Cam, which it looks like that's going to happen, just based on Matt Rule, and it looks like that right now, who knows? I really don't trust much because, number one, Cody said it was smokescreen season. Number two, they put us through the ringer with this whole Cam Newton situation. So That's what I've been saying. How how trustworthy are they? And if we do keep him, we better not draft a quarterback in this draft, so help me God. We better draft one of those tackles. Because if we don't, then what are we putting him behind? We gotta build that wall, damn it. There it is. We got to build yep. that wall not to keep. Actually, we do got to build that wall to keep people away from Cam Newton. So, uh, there's that. And then I wanted to say that I think Pepper, no, I think Rule in this press conference is talking to the public and is talking to Tepper because I think he's telling Tepper, hey, look, man, I want Cam. You said I can have what I want as a coach. I want Cam. I think he's putting Pepper on notice by telling it to the public. And I think he's killing two birds with one stone here. So, that's my thoughts on this whole situation. And always remember, keep pounding and protect the wonderful, wonderful Bank of America Stadium, which I was actually walking around the other day, and I was thinking about Cam Newton, and I was thinking about, I was actually standing at Mitt and Graham where I went for that festival where everyone has so much optimism, and then the shit show started, but that's the end of my call because I don't want to get cut off. All right, is this, he said he got one more call. Uh, you guys want to comment on that because his next call is three minutes. <laughs> um. I mean, listen, the, I'll, I'll say this. 
the offensive line is not a sexy pick. It, it, it just isn't, you know? I mean, it, how fun would it be, especially this year, to draft an Isaiah Simmons or a Jeffrey Okuda or a Derek Brown or Javon Ken Law? Like, these are players that amp up your fan base, whereas, you know, tackles are so completely necessary, but they're not necessarily the most fun pick. No, just- no. We're going to – we actually probably – need to walk away from this draft like on that draft party like yeah but that's my point the more you push off the offensive line and you stop spending premium picks on the offensive line then it puts you in the same position next year where you're having to do the same thing that you neglected to do the year before so and we're so unsure of greg little and we cannot but put so much um stock into Moten and Little. Moten is nearing the end of his contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you don't know. None of these guys have proven to you that you can look elsewhere. No. I don't think I I, I agree, but I also think it's the the truth the opposite way. You know, you to assume that they can't contribute would be Yeah. Uh, I agree with that too. You, you know, but but here's the the question I have. Obviously you you talk about the building the wall so I mentioned trading back. What would it take to trade back in your mind? Like, you know, right now we're at number seven. That's a pretty valuable pick. Yeah. Um, Miami Dolphins have two picks after us, the 18th and I think the 26th. Would those two first rounders make it worth trading back to the 18th and the 26th yeah. pick to get two first round draft picks? Well, Not because we get- of where they're at. They're like number four, aren't they? Like I wouldn't they're, give them the fourth pick and a seventh pick. Right, but they're I think he's saying they are. They, they, okay. they, uh, well, no, they're at number five. But CK okay, pretty so much we're going to have five and seven. Well, but yeah. no, no, he's not even saying that. I mean, CK, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're saying the you know the Miami picks at five. Let's say the Dolphins pick a player, two or whoever, or, and then for whatever reason, if they wanted to move back up to get another player. Or let's say they took a defensive player first and then wanted to move back up for Justin Herbert. Herbert or yeah, Tua or yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. to fall a little bit. Yeah, right, right. I mean, listen. In that case, having two first round picks, I mean, listen, uh, it would be hard to pass. It would up have on. to be within the top fifteen. I tell there's you this not. is well then it, then no because I yeah, think the there's a the 20, I just think there is a different grade between the top 15 players and the back 15 players. Maybe that's an arbitrary number. Maybe it's 10. Maybe it's 11. But there is there is that elite line. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, so is that if you can negotiate that carefully, that's one thing. But if you're at 7, you know, we saw what Christian McCaffrey was. He was 8. Yeah. yeah, I mean, is that those guys now, I'm not saying they always work out like that, but we also seen what a fucking 25th pick can do. Or a here's, Kelvin Benjamin pick question. can do. Nothing. Here's my question about it. I want to ask all of y'all, just based on the knowledge you know of the like the five players I said earlier, that, that I would, I'd be willing to bet at least two of them are going to be available at number seven. Two, maybe three will be available at number seven, okay? We'll just yeah. Brown, Kinlaw, Thomas, Simmons, and Okuda. We're going to draft one of those five guys. I'm willing to bet at number seven if we stay there. Okay. So of those five guys, like, I just feel like, you know, Cody, you were talking about last week, how, how, how Simmons could be the type of player like Luke Keekley. And we're talking about tonight and we're talking about putting him in the position of an immediate fix and not being long-term. But with the exception of Luke Keekley getting his concussions, 
I looked at Luke Kuechly as a 12, 13-year fix for the team. He just right. got it cut short. So why wouldn't you go for a player like Isaiah Simmons? Now, I, I get what you're saying with Thomas because that's another kind of lockdown player you want to get that left tackle for the next 12 yeah. years. That's awesome, too. Are there more left tackles that are bust than players like Simmons? Or, yes. or do you think do you think Simmons overall would be a better player? Not 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 based on position. Do you think Simmons is a better player at his position? I guess based on the at his position than than Thomas is at his position. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes. So let's let's put this out there. There has never been another player like Isaiah Simmons, okay. and I mean that when I say that the ability to play cornerback linebacker, outside linebacker, box safety, free safety, and play them all at a high level. Not just like he's playing at all these positions, kind of dabbling here and there. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. Wherever you put him on the field, he's going to chase you down. He can run with you. He can jump over your head. I mean, he can tackle you into the dirt and through the dirt. I mean, yeah, uh, as far as there is not an NFL comparison for Isaiah Simmons. The closest that you might be able to find is Derwin James, who Tony loves so much coming out last year. I mean, uh, but he's a bigger, more athletic version of, of, uh, of Derwin James. So, yeah, I mean, if we're able to utilize him effectively, you're talking about uh, a defensive chess piece on the likes of which there just isn't in the NFL right now. So, so you, you don't have think to ask it's more yourself, valuable. I'm sorry, you don't think it's more valuable than Thomas? Because you said you would pick Thomas over him. Well, I mean, it, again, it's so it, it goes back to the idea of now we finally have Cam Newton and Christian oh, McCaffrey okay. in this yeah. Joe Brady offense. And if you want to have that, if you want to see the best results of what that could possibly produce then, yeah, having a, a lineup of uh, Andrew Thomas, Greg Little, Taylor Moten, uh, Matt Paradis, and Trey Turner, I mean, you know, these are these are, are, are players that, I mean, if you're not able to figure out that offensive line formation, you have problems. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, again, it's just waiting and assessing what cures your ailments the most right now. All right, let's okay. go to the next call. I'm going to bump them right. up on the list. Gangrene David in the chat room calling in for the first time. Thanks for joining the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Hit the bell notification when we're going live. Consider donating to the show. But the best way you can donate to the show is just by sharing the link with a friend. Tell them about us on iTunes. Tell them about us on Stitcher. Tell them to leave a review. Just share the link with one friend. I tell you, if they're a Panther fan and they like football talk, they will enjoy this car ride to the stadium that we take each and every week to Bank of America together. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, my name is uh, David, also known as Gangring David. I am a Jets fan. I actually haven't subscribed to your channel for some time, and I love what you guys do. Uh, my question is, um, I'm not sure if you guys have addressed it recently, but since Luke Keekley, um has retired, are you relying on Thomas Davis? I mean, I think Thomas Davis left, I'm not sure, but um, are you relying on Shaq Thompson to step up in that number one linebacker spot, or are you maybe looking forward to signing anybody else? I mean, maybe you could consider taking Avery Williamson off your hands. I mean, what are your thoughts on the linebackers? Really? <laughs> That's, uh, 
That's just the main we question. We do have a crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, well, we we have been interested in the Isaiah Simmons pick because that is a you know need based and talent based converging in the right spots. Right? Is that you're not just drafting for need. You're drafting a guy who Cody has promised to us is going to be a transcendent type player and and look and and for every reason you should believe and in a position that really does translate well from college to the pros but again who was the guy from uh cleveland you like stat daddy oh. but it sounds like they're pretty interested in oh, keeping it sherbert sherbert joe yeah. sherbert or yeah and i do think isn't there a linebacker leaving from minnesota uh i think anthony barr and yeah, it, but he's kind of old, isn't he? And there's more of an outside linebacker. Yeah. Type. Him, him and Luke yeah. don't, uh, don't do the but same thing. But what if Shaq is our Luke? I mean, I have no problem. Uh, and then, all right, he would be 1992. He was drafted in the 2014 draft. He's 27 years old. And I think they re-signed him, I thought, recently. And maybe they're they just did. He jettisoned. opted out of it. He actually terminated his contract. So yeah, I mean, and the Panthers are not cash strapped there, so or cash strapped at the moment entirely. What do you guys think about that name? If you could move uh, Shaq into the middle, well, how about this? Let's do this. Let's all give our answer. Right. Would each and every one of us feel comfortable with Shaq Thompson being our middle linebacker or inside linebacker, whatever, whether it be a three-four or a four-three? Would you be confident with Shaq Thompson? Manning the inside and filling Luke Kingsley's role this season. Yes. Okay, we got one. Yes. Okay, Are you got? talking about with with roster as is? Um, no, let's not even think about that. If if we're going forward into the season, no matter who we draft, based on Thomas ha- having the most tenure, knowing uh, playing the linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, would you feel comfortable with him being? Middle linebacker going into Nessies. That's tough, man. Because, like I said, because you know, with roster as is, that changes the whole question up. Um, well, not really changes the question up, but changes my mindset up. I feel like with somebody like Justin Simmons, or if we got somebody like Barr in the in the in a uh, trade or not trade, but a uh, free agency, then yeah, I think I would be. Um, I don't know if I would be without picking anybody else up, but I also don't have any reason not to believe so. So based on that logic, I'm going to say, yeah, I, w- I would take him as linebacker as is right now. Okay, uh, two yeses. Okay, what's your uh, thing? Um, yes, I would take him at least one more year uh, in the full-on leadership role. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I would too. And again, you know, I've, I've said this before, and Tony's heard me say this, a gajillion times now. Um, but really, Thomas Davis being sticking around so long was a detriment to the growth and the development of Shaq Thompson. Um, you know, uh, Shaq should have been playing strong side. Instead, they were playing him at will. Um, you know, and I think he kind of had to play a position that he wasn't necessarily the best suited for because of the presence of Thomas Davis. So I don't think that it's too far-fetched to assume that Maybe we haven't seen the best out of Shaq Thompson. And maybe he can be a more than serviceable middle linebacker. I mean, he's already said he intends to step up to the plate. Um, I do want to draft some other players to either play around him 
or, or, or to put in that middle linebacker position. But I'm not panicked if Shaq Thompson is our middle linebacker next season. Yeah, and I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Uh, there are plenty of worst linebacker, middle linebackers out there in the NFL. Yeah. Let's put it like this. I'm more confident right now with Shaq Thompson playing middle linebacker or what we have around us than I think I am with Bradbury one on one coverage and corner. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, you know what? We need to ask our man, uh, David, what he thinks about Anthony Barr because didn't he play for the Jets at one point? No. No, uh, Anthony. Oh, he was going to. He was going to join the Jets. Yeah, all the rumors is he was going to join the Jets and they decided to stay at Minnesota because the Jets wanted to use him as a pass rusher. And he wasn't interested in doing that. See, I uh, think that might be a good fit in Carolina. I will reiterate, there's a lot of good linebackers in the draft this year. Patrick Queen, Zach Bond from Wisconsin, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. I mean, that that moving back scenario that Greg put forth might not be such a bad idea if you do your due diligence and you know the players that you want to fill out your team with. So um, it just depends. But we definitely need help in our linebacker core, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Let me see. I think last call of the night so far, and I think it's Joey Esquivel again. Hi. What's up? Nope. It's called D. D. Oh, Lord. Um, what's up? What's up, Tony, Cody, CK, and the stat dad? What's going on? I'm calling in real quick. Uh, first of all, let me address um, Brandon Hughes, um, brother Brandon. What the hell? Check, Tom. We sleeping on. Really? Brandon, have you watched Shaq Thomas' career? What has Shaq done? He had his opportunities. When Thomas oh, Davis, first when Thomas Davis was hurt, then when Thomas Davis was out those, what was it, six, four games, six games? He four. did nothing. Last year, he had an opportunity, no well, Thomas he Davis. He hurt a lot, I feel like. He made a play here, a play there, but nothing spectacular, really. We sleep in our shit. Come on, brother. B, man, Jesus. Wake up! <laughs> You sleep. I know what it is. Brother B, you sleep. This is what you need to do, Brother B. Wake your ass up. And, and Cody, really? Isaiah go. Thomas on Julio Jones? Off <laughs> Cody, <laughs> that Clemson bias is getting to your head, bro. I will. Oh, I don't care athletic. Ain't kind of right about that. Oh, is, ain't no fucking way I'm going to put him <laughs> on no damn Julio Jones or no top um, NFL receiver. Get it? Come on, Cody. Carl, James. Jesus, Bradley. man. Come on. We know Simmons is good, but. you talking yeah. about, Come on. We're talking about throwing this man on a, on some of the best. The elite receivers, but hey, if you coach, if you was a coach, then I would feel sorry for your team. Because if you put in one on one and don't put God. no safety, uh, he is and don't have no help. How many times was Oh my God! What a what a nightmare! <laughs> 
And also, Cody, you talking about these positions play? I still ain't heard from nobody. All I hear is cricket. Positionless player who made the Hall of Fame. I've heard you, you and somebody say something about what such and such used to be. No, we're not talking about it. What some of the I'm talking about the whole career they played different. What you call it? They was not labeled one thing. They was a positionless player. I got. Yeah, Carl. To be fair, Jason Peters was signed as an undrafted uh, free agent as a tight end, and he is now an offensive tackle. That's an all-pro offensive tackle for the Eagles. But but did he did he play tight end? Who found that drafted? He was assigned drafted and signed, but did he play tight end? I think that's more or less what Carl D means here: is playing multiple positions, not just I played this in college. Now I play this in the pros. So that, 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 right, know, one week you play on offense, about. one week you play on defense. Carl D wants some smoke, and then I'll blow, huh? I'll blow smoke at you, baby. I guarantee I have watched more footage of all these players than Carlton will ever. Okay, and when I say Isaiah Simmons can match up with these receivers, I'm not just throwing that out there willy nilly, man. I'm not playing at this. I'm trying to be a well-respected draft analyst. So if I say some shit, you best believe that that's 100% what I believe. Now, listen, it may not happen. We may never get to see the chance to have uh, Isaiah Simmons on Julio Jones. But like I said, when you look at everything Isaiah Simmons does well, there is no reason to not believe that he would not be able to man up Julio Jones and Mike Evans. I've seen James Bradbury do it, so I've seen Luke Kixley do it. I guarantee to you Isaiah Simmons would be able to do it as well. So, hey, man, I, I put my stamp on every claim that I make. I'm kind of with Carl D. I mean, I'm not saying that we can't do it a play or something, but it's a tall task. I know. I know. And, and I've, I I've seen Keekly and Bradbury both get burned by But we'll see. Joyce. We'll see. What, I want to see what this Simmons kids run. That Isaiah Simmons is. That's right. And I don't I want to see like what me. this Simmons kids runs in his in his drills. That's because you guys are like talking. At one point, you said he could run a 4 3. I'm willing to bet you that. All right. So I actually have. Let's go. Let's turn to the combine because the interview started yeah. this week, right? Uh, or the interviews, everybody's doing the radio row at this point, and I would assume that usually it starts on Thursday. Am I right about that? Like we start it normally seeing- does, but there's a lot of changes to the combine this year, and it's the first year for all those changes. So they're in prime time now. They used to be early in the morning, around eight or nine o'clock. Now they're at four, four thirty. So Thank you Jesus. Thank you, yeah. NFL, for yeah. not fuck like it was so stupid. How I, I watched mm-hmm. it on Twitter and was devoting work. You know what I'm saying? You end up watching yeah. the shit on the internet at work. Yeah, for sure, man. And now uh they they're really trying to make the combine a prime time thing. Not a lot of NFL teams. Except for I hate the combine because it's damn just the underwear Olympics. We get. I guarantee you there will be three people who who sky too high just because of combine results, and three guys who fall too low. Yeah, but then maybe more every year. 
that you're introduced to for the first time that then you end up knowing for the next few years playing NFL yep. football. Yep. It's so nice. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't look at the men in underwear yeah. for a little while. I usually Seriously. work look at the groups, though, that the Panthers have interest. I'll watch. Yeah. I'll, I want to watch the tackles because of that. I'll have to see this Simmons kid. I'll have to see uh, these D tackles work. But other than they that, say, it's um, all kind of bullshit to me. They say Henry Ruggs. The wide receiver from Alabama, uh, he's the betting favorite to break the combine record for 40 time. Uh, they say he's going to run a low 4-2. All right, so, we'll see. Good luck beating Chris Johnson. I think Ross did it. But Chris, yeah, CJ, did it. Uh, Chris Johnson, though, ECU. Uh, Thursday, on-field stuff works. Says uh, QBs, wide receivers, tight ends on Thursday. Um, and then on Friday, what was, I guess, special teams, O O line running backs. Um, and then Saturday D line and linebackers and Sunday DBs where wide receivers won't be until the final day. So we need to watch, uh, we need to watch, uh, so you think he's going to be with DBs? Uh, no, linebackers. Okay, so he is on Saturday. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons will Saturday. Okudu, 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 whatever his name is, will be on yeah. Sunday. And then you'll want to watch on Thursday to see what those uh, quarterbacks are doing. Um, I don't think there's any real reason to get all into the wide receivers unless you're trying to figure out who we're going to pick in the third. Um, and, uh, Friday will be a big deal to see those offensive linemen. Now, Cody, as you're getting ready for this combine, tell us, what are some of those changes you're looking forward to? So they're, they've revamped some of the drills. So now they're, uh, they're doing some drills with the quarterbacks and the running backs, uh, where the running back has to motion before the play and they want to see how fast the quarterback can get the ball out. There, I don't know all the all of the nitty gritty details, but they're trying to cater the individual exercises around things that actually matter to football. So even though it's there right now, in the next coming years, the bench press at the combine will not be a thing because it does not reflect on play strength or or um, anything football related. So I mean, you can go online and find some better rundowns. On, on what all the changes will be. But um, it's definitely going to be a new look and a new feel uh, this year as opposed to different years um, uh, recently. And uh, they're, they're really trying to get more people to watch. And I love that they're going with the quarterbacks first. Uh, I think Justin Herbert and Jacob Eason are going to put on a show throwing the football. Uh, Jordan Love is another player. I was going to ask you about him, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Love is, is another player that, um, unfair or not, is getting a lot of Patrick Mahomes comparisons. Um, you know, a small school type of player, mobile from the pocket, cannon for an arm. Um, you know, he had a, a very significant drop off from his junior or from his sophomore to his junior year, but uh, he lost a lot of players, um, his entire coaching staff. So a lot of people are giving him a pass on his final year of football that 
they didn't necessarily give to Justin Herbert for having uh, three different offensive coordinators and head coaches in four years. So uh, I'm I'm pumped, man. The quarterbacks are going to put on the show. Um, I love this, man. They're going to see the future of the Carolina Panthers, even when you don't know it. I want to ask you about this uh, wide receiver from Alabama. No, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. The City Lamb. Yeah. I saw Jonathan Jones tweet that if he ran under a 4-6, he would be a first-round pick. Oh, dude. He's a first-round pick no matter what. It's a a I don't... That is... You know what? That screams to me... Devin Funches, if you're talking four fives. No, you're not even. So by no, the way, I'm, I'm not talking about the style of player or anything like this. Is that when was the last time you saw? I, I don't know. Is four or five is not that is not impressive at the NFL level, did even for a big dude, Jerry, even for a big did, dude. Did you know that Jerry Rice ran a four seven? Yeah, he also he also played 40 years ago, dude. Well. 30 and, years and I also think, I think maybe 40, 40 years yeah. ago, though. But so, but Leo, there was a lot of guys that uh, I'm talking about this is Julio Jones didn't run no four or five. How about this? You know, he didn't. Do you know who did run a four or five? DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Browns before he went off the fucking diving board. Both of them ran in okay. the four or five. Okay. Well, and. And I also want to say, I think you might be misinterpreting this, and I could be wrong too, but the way I look at it when I hear somebody say, well, if this guy runs a 4-6, he's a first-round pick, I think of it as he's so good, he can be that slow and still be a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Well, and what That's the way at, I look at that. Yeah, and what uh, you're looking at is... not saying he that, will run that. but Right, the, but when you look at the type of route running that CeeDee Lamb has, his ability to high-point the football, track the football in the air... And his yards after the catch. I mean, listen, if you compare DJ Moore's yards after the catch from college versus CeeDee Lamb, it's a night and day difference, dude. And I thought DJ All right, Moore T Money was- said Mike Evans ran a four five three. Who? Okay. Mike Evans. I think Mike okay. Evans is really good. Is that all right? So if if Hopkins did run a four five, this and that, I'm just thinking this is last last I remember is these cats usually are burning mugs. Too. Yeah. And so, I mean, when I think of a Sammy Watkins, when I think of a Julio Jones, when I think of an Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, Michael Thomas as well. Michael Thomas ran okay. in high four fives. I'm not saying that it should be a determinant. I'm just not saying when I hear that, like, this guy runs in the four fives, all of a sudden I'm ready to say this mug is going to be the number one receiver in the league. Oh. How about this? Can I meet you halfway? If sure. CD Lamb runs a four six, I'd be disappointed in that. I okay. think he's much faster yeah. on film. All right, I like that. That's not a that I, I expect much a much better number from Lamb. It, so yeah, I would. I would I'll just be. I will not be impressed if he runs a four five five. I'll just be like, all right. I mean, I'm not. Won't be. I won't be saying he's bad. I'm just saying. And also remember with how deep this class is. If you want a burner, like a Tyreek Hill type, well, then you're talking either um, uh, Henry Ruggs or Jalen Rager out of TCU. 
So again, it's uh, that's why I don't care where you have the receivers ranked in this year's class. It's really whatever flavor are you into. I have no problem if you take T. Higgins number one because he's a fast guy and he's a bigger body jump ball receiver. Some teams are looking more for that kind of player than they are a uh, a Henry Ruggs type of player. So it, it's all about what flavor you're hungry for when you're out there shopping. And, and hey, since we're talking about wide receivers, can I just bring up real quick, can sure. we start looking at the XFL as they have the possibility of having some serious players in there? This guy, Cam Phillips, the wide receiver, 342 yards, seven touchdowns through three weeks. I think he had 180 yards and three touchdowns in the fourth quarter last week. <laughs> but the thing I'll say is that these XFL defenses are a joke. And and you know what? I guarantee you they're just as good as most college defenses. And we and we praise we would praise the True college that. receiver for doing the same numbers. True that. You know? I mean, that's so, a good point. That's the, only, that's the only way I look at it. Like, we would praise the college guy. Have you watched any of the XFL yet, you know? CK? Yeah, I've watched a. I haven't sat down and watched through a whole game. I've watched a little bit, but then I watched the highlights pretty much. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and I've seen I it, watched the full game. These games are pretty explosive. You know, you have a lot of uh, of offense, but it just I don't see the level of defense playing the same uh, height that the offenses have been playing at. So, Cameron Artis Payne, big giant games. I don't know what he did this past couple, weekend. I think he had one big game, but he hadn't done yeah. bad so far. Uh, he had so, Sergeant AR10 says none of these college kids are faster than Tyreek. Well, uh, we would know if Tyreek wasn't such a shithead and got invited to the combine and wasn't <laughs> not invited <laughs> to, because of some bullshit that happened off field. But at, at all of the incredible sources say that Henry Ruggs III, from out Al- the receiver from Alabama, is going to break the combine record for fastest forward time. And the current number right now is a 4-2-2. So if Henry Ruggs does that, that is fucking flying, bro. All right, if I give you a couple players, I'm going to give you two names, and I want you to tell me what we learned from them. All right? DK Metcalf and John Ross. And and when when it comes to the combine and NFL, well, 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 I think I know what you're trying to say, but I don't think I would agree with you on DK Metcalf. But but are you trying to say that if you blow up the combine and run fast, it doesn't guarantee that that you're going to be a a great? No, actually, yeah, is that uh, and that would be the heads or the tail side. That's the John Ross side to me. The DK Metcalf is that he blew up one aspect of the combine, but the combine and all of that also pushed him down in other ways on other teams' boards because of all this lack of ability to run all the routes. So what I'm just saying is this. What do you learn when you look at a player from DK Metcalf about the combine? And for me, is that athleticism does matter. Yes. Right? Is that is that it's not the only one is is like just like we cannot look at the 40-yard dash being the sole determinant of your value. You can't look at the bench press alone. You can't look at the three cone alone. And I think that's why there's a lot of guys that are doing a lot of work where 
you take all of those numbers combined to create that spider graph thing they do, you know, the composite score. So what did you learn from the draft last year when it comes to a DK Metcalf and how you can be scared away maybe? Well, so I want to highlight this uh, comment from Team Monday 1993. DK Metcalf looks fast on Sundays, but his cone speed was low. So let me ask, which one of those two matters most? Your play speed on Sunday or what your cone speed was? Yeah, I, I think it's that it's that Sunday play speed. And listen, you know, I was comparing DK Metcalf to Calvin Johnson. I mean, you're not, you know, he might not be able to run the full route tree, but so what, dude? You don't need him to. Let him burn people downfield and run slants across the middle and run away from corners trying to cover him. Or run over corners. Right, but the song remains the same. The theme is a common theme. You have to put these players in the best possible scenario. I don't want DK Metcalf running all these fast, shifty routes. That's not what he does. But when you put him in a scenario to do what he does, he's damn near unstoppable. So, again, Scott (laughs) Scott Thomas said, didn't Tom Brady have a faster cone time than Metcalf? Shit. The answer is yes. Is the answer is yes? Yes, it is true. Oh, oh my gosh, maybe we should evaluate the three cone drill as something you should do for quarterbacks moving the pocket. And I will say that Zay Jones, uh, former ECU pirate, had the best three cone time ever in the history of the NFL, I think, or one of the top. And guess what? He is nothing. Media. Well, that's right. Not even. He don't even got a team, man. Is he not on the? Did he get cut? He, he was went, on the bill, wasn't he's he? on the Raiders next, and I don't think he's doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, is I mean, I think he's struggling to find a place in the NFL. He's like Armani Edwards, great in college. Nah, nah, Armani Armani Edwards is good, and he's he's NFL size. Zay's undersized. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. but all right. Um, or um, Cody, how about this? Pick a different player than John Ross to help me make my point that I'm trying to make. What, a receiver that just blows it up? Any player. Any player that how we can make these numbers. And what I like about these two examples is that while we make fun, Draft Twitter is going to make fun of you and everybody else for the next two months. For every critique you make about a player, every tweet you make, every draft you make, every ranking you make. Yep. And draft Twitter is going to tell you just because you're draft Twitter, you're an idiot. But when I yep. look when I look at the drafts, the NFL drafts, I see NFL GMs who have been idiots for a lot of I mean that year, that John Ross year was an idiot year where they drafted all of those wide receivers. Was it Keenan Allen in that draft too? I mean, okay, he was let me, actually. Let me, let me just give you the, the the best example that you're looking for. Last year, Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle that went number third overall to the Jets, had incredible film, had incredible motor, had incredible character, had an incredible combine, and his first year in the NFL was, frankly, kind of bad and filled with some ups and downs and. A lot of people say he did not live up to that pick. Um, I remember Obi Melifonwu a couple of years back, the safety from UConn, who could run out of the building and jump out of the building, and then he's bounced around and, and hasn't done much yet. 
that's why the when it comes to the combine, the most important thing happening at the combine is one the player meetings. So our team meeting with the players that they have the potential to draft. And Rule put a lot of emphasis on that too today. I felt like it was clear to say is that really what I like the most is meeting the guys in interviews and casually. Right. Because you're making a bet on these players. Go ahead, Greg. Well, I was going to say with this whole draft process thing, like the way I like to look at it is kind of like this. And I I try to base things kind of on a law of averages. I would say that. Through rounds one through three, about 75% of the players in rounds one through three, and about 25% of the players three through seven to the end of the draft will be successful and highly, you know, in, in the NFL. I believe it all depends on where you fall. It all depends on where you go. I think every player is a system player, and, and wherever you fall into, like, imagine Cam Newton drafted, like, just for fantasy wise, imagine Cam Newton drafted by the, by the, uh, the Cowboys with that offensive line. And at that time would have been who was the running back in 2011? Uh, wasn't, uh, it, uh, wasn't it Demarco? Demarco? Murray? No, Demarco was no Demarco came not too soon before Cam, I think. So no, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't Demarco, Murray, but but, but uh, either, either way, imagine Cam behind that line 2011. Imagine yeah. um, you know it, 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 Cam in Seattle, you know, with, yeah. with, with that defense and that kind of like. It all depends on where you go, man. Like, it, oh, it's a huge. You could fall to a good place, and that's that's why the whole thing with Joe Burrow, what they're talking about right now, is: do you really want to go to the Bengals? Can you really maximize your potential there? And I don't know where he can go and do that, but I feel like the draft has a lot to do with that. It it, it is strategy, but it's a lot of luck. You know, I think I think when you make a move like Andy Reid did, where he He's trading. Hey man, to get you're back right. Homes. You're so right. He, he bet but, on that yeah, because he, he, Burrow he bet, could be bad. Guy. For all we well, know, imagine Burrow. John Ross with Patrick Mahomes. Right. Do you? Th- I mean, would John Ross would have a way different career with Patrick Mahomes. Just saying. Yeah. Well, John Ross you know, is also kind, kind of, of a dummy and got hurt. And you're right; he did go to the Bengals. <laughs> and also, yes, that also happened. AJ <laughs> <laughs> uh, Green is another one. Well, that's why, the, I think that's why one thing about people drafted in the top five that can be successful, but sometimes are bust because let's be honest, you're being drafted by a team that sucked the year before. And that's what guys have been coming out trying to tell Burrow too. like, dude, you might like, is that right now might be the best you'll ever be. (laughs) If you go to the Bengals, I think what I've always heard Cody is about the combine is that it's where we verify what we see on film. Yeah. Rather than, uh, rather than yeah. if we like if a guy don't look good on film, but all of a sudden his three cone time is good, you don't go, oh, well, this is that. It's like, hey, th- yeah. it it validates the film almost. Yeah, what, and what, what about the reverse of that? What about no, if a guy no, looks great on true. film? That's yeah, true. That's true. So okay, yeah. no, what what um do y'all remember a few years back um uh, uh, Orlando. I think it was Orlando Jones, who was the left tackle. He went to Oklahoma, and he had one of the worst combine. Oh yeah, yeah, ever. where he was fat. You remember and, that? But you he also that? was terrible. What? But, 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 no, no, but, but guess what? That dude had great play tape. I liked what I saw on his film, and he's been a starter 
on the Baltimore Ravens offensive lines at right tackle the past two years in a row. Really? So I'm not. Yeah. So I'm not quick to jump to the conclusion that either way too, I always value game film over what I've been seeing at the combine because I want to see what you can do with pads on, on the football field, playing football. Not in your underwear, running these drills that may it's or may just not so much different when you play when you're usually all right. Okay, so that's a different example because he's not an elite athlete and he looks great. The right. one problem when it comes to college football is that if you're the elite athlete, you look more elite because half the other players aren't, even if they're in the SEC. Even if they're whatever, this is, it's more apparent though when you get out of the Clemsons, when you get out of the, you know, the Alabamas and you go, yeah. like, look, imagine, look, I watched Chris Johnson play. All right. I watched three players in college that I would say to me looked, uh, that were unstoppable the whole time I watched him play. One was Zay Jones. Moore was even more than Zay Jones was Justin Hardy. He played, he's a wide receiver. If the guy, if Sergeant AR 10 is in, he's, he's still a Falcon. These two set the record for the most catches in NCAA history back to back. And then I watched Chris Johnson play and look, Chris Johnson turned out to be that fast, but I'm just saying this is sometimes you look really, really fast when you're just really fast. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Is that all right? Uh, any also, last when you're surrounded by sevens, a nine can look like a ten. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. Think right. uh hall pass where we do this mug. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um all right. Have you guys got any last thoughts before we move on? Um how about you guys? I'm good. No. <laughs> I um no, I mean, t- t- where are we gonna, what are we going to be talking about next week? Tell me that, Cody. Tell me It'll what we will Tuesday be morning. talking about next week. And Combo. I'm not talking about just okay, the no, combine. I want you to this, this tell question. me the headline. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Simmons has uh, is no longer listed at any position. He's just labeled as an Avenger because he is one. Positionless. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think um, um, uh, Jedrick Wills, the right tackle from Alabama, is going to have potential uh, to have the best combine of any offensive tackle ever from a physicality perspective and all of his measurables and 40 time and all that. Um, I do think Henry Ruggs is going to break the 40-time record this year. Um, and I think uh, Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor, is going to turn a lot of heads this year. Oh, oh! speaking of Mims, here, I got this, you guys, real quick from Mims. Uh, yeah, that's here's right. That's right. Mims on uh, rule. I mean, because uh, he wants what's best for the players. I mean, he, he wants to win. I mean, so he's going to do whatever he, he has to do to win. He's going to put every player in the best situation. I um, mean, and he's going to be honest. You need to be honest in this game. And if if the players just buy in, then a great outcome will come. 
Um, so that's uh, that's Mims on uh, Coach Rule uh, as being an NFL coach and and his emphasis on winning. All right, so we're going to be talking about that. Are, um, anything else, guys? Anybody else want to add a headline for next week as we move on to ice up picks? Do we want to do a bold prediction headline? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do, it. Gonna do, it. do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. All right. I'll let somebody else go. What, what would be a bold prediction? Okay. Um, Joe Burrow's combine raises more questions than answers. Ooh, I like that. So, do you all know that neither him or Tua are throwing the football? They're not uh, Joe Burrow oh, and Tua. Yeah, they're not doing any of the workout proportions. They're just doing uh, interviews and and stuff like that, measurables and. Oh, he's not going to throw. He's not throwing. He's not doing nothing. He shouldn't. No, he can no, only hurt his stock. He's doing the Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray thing. Hey, more power to you. I, I, I mean, you're pretty it. much already getting the first round pick. I mean, there's no point in you putting yourself out there and risking that. Okay. All right. First bold, one bold headline uh, stat, Danny. I got one. Um, how about um, NFL and players union cannot agree on new CBA uh, decide to run this year out with the same one as before and continue when they have for at least of the year till they come to agreements. Because I don't think they're coming to it. <laughs> That's not bold for me. I think it's going to happen. I don't think they're coming to it. All right. So. CK, uh, Cody. My bold prediction is that, um, oh, man, this is a tough one, dude. Uh, I mean, because most of the ones. Do are, one that I'm falls. Gonna... Somebody who falls. Oh, someone who falls. Uh, who would fall? Mm. I kind of think, oh, dude, that's that's actually tough. Um, I'll say Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC that's been getting a lot of first-round hype, uh, I, I think could end up falling a lot. Um, I think um, Jordan Love. Might also potentially be a faller if he's not necessarily an accurate thrower at the combine. Um, I will give you another riser. And yes, shout out to Darius Jones, man. Because, um, again, I, I put out my top 50 players uh, that I have rated in this year's draft. It's pinned to my Twitter. So check it out. You can message me. You can ask me questions about it. Pick my brain about certain characters. Whatever. But one of the players that I'm much higher on than almost anyone in the draft media is Grant Delpit, the safety from Louisiana State University, man. I think that dude is the next Eddie Jackson. I think he's going to obliterate the combine. And uh, he's my safety number one in this year's class. So um, I'm hoping that uh, the combine vindicates some of my opinions. But we'll see, man. I'm pumped for it, as uh, if you couldn't already tell. My uh, headline is uh, Jerry Judy pledges pilgrimage to Holy Land after <laughs> wearing the Star of David and yeah, saying yeah. his nickname is Jewy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, look, we're demonetized. <laughs> hey, 
But no, no. I hear my eyes up. All right. All right. That's what I think is my top. Uh, that's my headline for coming out of the combine. All right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where we can talk about the Carolina Panthers until you fall asleep. Don't fall asleep if you're driving. Instead, subscribe to the show. Tell a friend about it. Smash the thumbs up button. Let's get into the ice up picks, guys. Uh, who would like to start this evening? Oh, nobody? Uh, then I'll start. All right. Here. Here is my ice up pick. It is this fucking coronavirus. As it erupts in northern Italy, as the Dunn family has made, has decided to take their pilgrimage to my ancestral holy land of my, my adopted name is Dunn. My mother's maiden name is Pansini. Taking the whole damn family to Florence, Italy. And the damn coronavirus bomb explodes and Italy is taking no chances. They're shutting down little villages. We're worried about ability to not only travel there, losing money is something that I am most concerned about. My mom said, you can't go. You got to cancel. I said, what do you mean I got to cancel? I am not swallowing these G's, lots of G's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> lots of G's. I, ain't, I was like, I'll take my fucking chances, man. Like, yeah. let, all right. So then on top of that, you guys also were kind of laughing at me early in the show. I was like, what? What? And my wife came in in her effort to talk all this shit through. She calls Delta and this, whatever, and just kind of figuring out all the, all this stuff. And these assholes, we bought our tickets in October, had to change the flights, and somehow canceled our tickets. How do you pay G's, bro? G's. And these mugs be trying to... not. I'm, I'm getting it from all types of ways. I'm getting it financially. I'm getting it biologically. The next thing they want to do is fucking give me an Italian kid to bring home on the way back, raise up as my own Giuseppe. I don't know what to fucking tell you, Vincenzo. We broke his shit, and we don't know if we're going to Italy because of this stupid coronavirus. I say to you, ice up, you whatever you are, fluey, swiney, birdie, flu, whatever. <laughs> ice up. All right. Uh, so, did you have one? Yeah, I, I do, but you can go if you want Is to. Is it heavier than that, Muggs? You guys want to pull out I mean, some G's no, and burn them on that. the table? Dude, okay, listen. Um, I, I'm just repeating what, what someone says, okay? This happened today. Um, uh, so all the media is at the combine. And Tony might even know where I'm, where I'm going with this. I don't, I don't know if he's read the story or not. But um, so the the uh, all the media is at the combine. They're talking, and uh, ESPN Cleveland is at the combine. And uh, what happens is is they they think they go off air. They don't Ooh. know that their they don't know that their mics aren't live anymore. And, or they uh, are live. They're still live. Yeah, but right, right. But they are they're they're live. But people don't. Know. They, they don't think they're not live. Hear them. It's like right. the judge who went so shoot it. It's kind of like this about, show in the beginning where we think it's working and it isn't. They're talking <laughs> about how the Browns passed on Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, 
all these different quarterbacks that they pass on, and then he said, and who do we have under center? A fucking midget. <laughs> talking about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and dude, he didn't know he was live. ESPN uh, has got their best ratings in weeks. The dude's name uh, is Tony Grossi, and he has now been suspended from him from ESPN <laughs> Cleveland for calling Baker Mayfield um, a midget. And uh, I have me, problems with that. It's it's hard for me to not laugh at that story at least a little bit. Yeah, um, dude, I, I I don't know, man. It, it's listen. I I think Tony and I can sympathize with um, uh, audio issues and not knowing when you're live and when you are and aren't <laughs> talking to people. But how does so, David Newton get to put retweet porn? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I I, I don't know. He retweeted porn, dude, and he didn't get suspended. Yeah, I don't know. I he got no wrapped idea. up in the moment. That's what it was. He got wrapped up in the moment. Hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I know. I know. I saw a heart. I just saw a heart. I just love it. <laughs> All right. To uh, them, you say ice up. All right. So, which yeah, ice uh, to Tony Corsi, I believe his name is. Which is also funny. His name is Tony. Uh, know, that, that's uh, awesome. And he that, had live issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just talking to people. I feel like I should just dump Cody right now from the show for tonight, just for that. <laughs> to all idiots on the internet, named Tony, I sub son. <laughs> oh, what a blanket statement. <laughs> um, CK, you want to go? You want me to go? You can go, man. You were already ready to go. All right, cool. Uh, mine is going to be uh, a continuation into next week, but it's a two-part I said pick because I'm doing the same people next week, but for a different reason. And I am icing up just NFL players in general. Uh, I've been doing my best to keep up with what's going on with the CBA, or the new CBA. Yeah, I, and uh, um, trying to figure out um, you know, what, what they're fighting for. And you hear all these players all the time talking about not not being able to uh, get paid the way they want to get paid. And you hear a lot of players who are older talking about not being taken care of. And of all the things that the players are fighting for, the number one and number two thing that they are pushing for, that they want put on the on the bill, which I think one of them has actually passed already. Uh, or not the bill, but yeah, I guess the yeah, same kind of thing. Is to be able to smoke weed and to have shorter practices. So you're going to bitch and moan. You're going to play a child's game and make millions of dollars to work six months out of the year to work 10 hours out of the day, which half of that is just exercising, and then three hours on Sunday or Thursday or Monday and make billions of do- millions of dollars doing it and complain about not making enough money. Then when you have the opportunity to negotiate to make more money, you're gonna your main request is going to be to smoke weed and to have shorter practices. Uh, you know what, man? You could take every kind of stimulant away from me and pay me five hundred thousand dollars for the rest of my life for the next name the rest of my life five hundred thousand dollars for the next ten years. And I, you know, no, no, you no would quit drinking? Nothing. Oh, are you kidding me, Tony? Would you quit drinking if somebody was going to pay you five hundred thousand dollars for the next six? I don't 10 know years if that it? is a life worth living. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it for ten years it is. <laughs> so. 
to, to, to all those players, man, get your damn priorities straight. Seriously. You have the opportunity here to mold the next 10 years of the NFL to be better for you. All you do is bitch about the way things are, even though you're millionaires and you work six months out of the year. All you do is bitch about the way it is. So fight for it. Stop just fighting to smoke weed and to, you know, have shorter practices. So NFL players, you'll get the rest next week. I well, to you NFL players, I say smoke weed every day. We forgot to even talk yeah. about. All right, so yeah. is that? I do think you know what I think. The the players should work to nego- get those out. I don't know about shorter practices. I don't really feel like they, they practice already that passed long. The, the no drug test for weed. Weed is not a suspension anymore. Good, good. But they should so be fighting for bi- big issues, like you're saying, going to the mat over those. And what about yeah, homeboy like Greg that, Robinson? Is anybody icing him up? Oh, my God. Bring him back. Greg Robinson. Oh, one of those other left tackle prospects that is going to be the next. Brings back 200 pounds of weed or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) He's trying to drive it from Colorado. The only thing, which I know it's ice up. We're not going back and forth on ice ups. The only thing I will say, though, is that in the modern NFL, you know, for all the all the analysts, they have a little pill for that, or they have an injection. Oh, I agree. I think you should be able to smoke weed. I just don't know if you should traffic it. It's absolute bullshit that a player can't toke up a little bit if it makes. Oh, I agree. Better, yeah. Especially right, right, right. when I'm, they I'm go and stick them in the middle of the game with shit. I agree with that one hundred percent. I think Greg's saying yeah, I, this is though is that. The, it wouldn't be priority. Is like is that focus on getting that fifth? Imagine what fifty two percent of the revenue versus fifty one percent truly is. Oh yeah, on billions right. of dollars. Yeah, I get that. Or lifetime health care. Uh, One hundred fifty seven yeah, pounds of weed is how much it was. All right, uh, CK, what you got for us on the ice up? Uh, you know, mine's going to be pretty simple, but also boring to everybody who's not experiencing it. Um, I have been without internet for more than two months, and there's still no certainty of when that's going to happen. This Um, is a travel. I feel like internet is a utility, bro. It's like you could not build a neighborhood and not bring in fucking electricity. What's what's angering me so much is that you know there's this line like great you know I called them and they said yeah we'll, we'll take six to eight weeks and they said they want you know Cox Communications is who I have uh up here. They said this should have been done before the completion of the construction, right? You know, of the entire neighborhood, uh, which I mind was the first one completed. They said six weeks before I moved in, they should have been notified that that was going to be something that was completed. And this wouldn't have been an issue at all. Not one problem in, in the slightest. But now I'm sitting here almost 10 weeks after I've moved in because there's so many more moving parts involved because now they're still trying to construct the other homes. Uh, and I'm currently living here. And so there's a lot of different moving parts, uh, that, that are involved in the fact that it's winter. Um, you know, I, it's just frustrating. And so for everybody involved, specifically the builders of the uh, neighborhood that I'm in, uh, ice up for not actually having your shit together and being able to provide the people buying your homes, uh, for a fairly, uh, unmodest price, uh, you know, giving us the best possible, uh, I guess quality of life especially early on especially since my wife goes to school online no uh, this in this day and age living without the internet is like living without electricity 
Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, uh, for that, I say ice up. Anybody who is not doing their job to get me this internet because it is starting to piss me off. Uh, I'm going to have to go get that DSL. Pretty, those, I'm not one. I'm not one to sit here and complain, and, and, and I'm definitely not one to go on and like write reviews <clears> and everything. But I mean, I've emailed like this person today, and I was livid. I was like, "Listen, you know, this has impacted me heavily." At first, Cox was trying to charge me two thousand dollars for the install, and I'm like, "Nope." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then finally they agreed. Y'all, you're right. You're right. It's not happening. I didn't ask <laughs> for you to suck my cock. <laughs> just asked for some fucking internet, dude. Two thousand dollars. Jesus Christ, that's crazy, All man. Right. All right, Tony. It's funny you say that though. Like, would you like? I, I guarantee you, my kids would rather have the power out in the house as long as they had their phones and ability to be on the internet. Mm-hmm. Oh, but if the yeah. power was on. And the internet was gone, they'd go nuts. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, is this, is the internet is like everything is built around it. It's different. It's not, it's no longer a luxury. Uh, you know, so I, I, another time I'll give you a lesson on what John Dickinson said about this shit in the 1760s about the Townshend duties. But certain things become necessities in life. And for you to... It, basically, the British, they said this. They said, like, paper uh, is a luxury. And he was like, screw you. We're not cavemen anymore. Paper is like what we the world works on at that m- moment in time. Mm-hmm. And that's like this. is like, man, you can't do your banking. You can't do anything without the internet. That's like, you know, the, 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 the uh, elder folk that exist out there that say, all oh, these kids are on their phones. And get, well, there was a time where you didn't need phones. And now this time is you are required to be able to live in this world with a smartphone. Like, let's be honest, when you're talking about email, when you're talking about communication with family members and, and uh, you know, even beyond that, job resumes, even jobs themselves. Everything. You know, and it's changed so much in just a decade. Honestly, yeah. it's been so it's been. Even more so in the last decade. But I get you. And I think that's a travesty. And I think we should all write Cox Communications and tell them that they suck Cox. All right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just, I used it. All right. <laughs> yeah. This is C3 Panthers Podcast. 252-228-5098. Call in before next week. Wish us luck as we go into Corona Land. As we go into Draft Land. As we go into Combine Land. And, uh, Cody, where can they find your work? I know you're uh, over there working hard on Draft Tech and on Twitter. Yeah, co- um, on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. There is a brand new mock draft every Wednesday on DraftTech.com. Tomorrow there are no comments while we uh, kind of work through this combine phase right here. So we have the week off, but every Wednesday going forward, uh, there are brand new comments on drafttech.com uh, for rounds one and two for the Carolina Panthers. I'm trying to do some good work there. So if you're a fan of the draft, check me out. Stat Daddy, the civil su- the Super Civil Servants podcast. When does that drop next? Uh, record Friday, drop Monday. That's the standard. What did you guys drop yesterday? What did y'all drop yesterday? Uh, let's see. Yesterday we dropped some Birds of Prey uh, reviews, and we talked big about uh, the new Batman suit, and then we talked about um, 
Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 1 dropped last Friday, so that was a big deal for uh, the geek. Universe. All right. CK in that desert of... Uh, all right, so it's the at the Bat Daddy 52 and at yeah. the S... At, tell at us it, the... Just podcast one. And real quick, I wanted to bump something in here, just a just cheap plug. There's a real good chance that I'm going to be on another podcast fair or creating another podcast very soon. Anybody who's a sports fan here, and uh, maybe not a football, all I'll say right now is around April 18th, we're talking about launching. So... If you're a sports fan and you get that, you might like the podcast. Expect Greg's divorce soon as he starts and embarks on a new podcast. Uh, CK, how can they follow you? (laughs) Uh, You can follow me at CodeDizzleAllen on Twitter, pretty much anywhere. Uh, That's how you'll get a hold of me. And you can write him uh, via the U.S. Postal Service since he has no fucking internet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll deliver it. (laughs) <laughs> well i hope not i'm pretty far away all right, all <laughs> but, right. Uh, no yeah you found me there and uh you know I, I still and i'm gonna plug it again even though we're gonna be a little bit away uh, away from that we and cody have been talking about this uh better get to know a potential uh draft pick um and and we're planning yep. on doing that after the combine now once so that way we're not having to drop multiple videos about the same person because of their combine results and things like that so uh, just be on the lookout for that, and uh, that'll be exciting. That'll get you, uh, you know, a lot of. It'll be pretty detailed. You'll have the videos to go along with it. So when Cody says, you know, Isaiah Simmons is this good because of all of this, we're going to be able to put those videos uh, in, in, together and show you why, um, you know, and and so just something to look forward to. But uh, that's hopefully that won't be before next Tuesday's show, but it should be after that. The, it'll be next week, the latter part of next week. Yeah, right. within the coming next two weeks, me and CK are going to put a lot of work into these, putting some in-depth video breakdowns on a lot of these players, so that way you're in the dark on no one. You're going to know the people that you can draft in your own personal drafts on FanSpeak and uh, Draft Network. So it's going to be fun, and that should be within the next uh, within the next two weeks for sure. All right. That's when we'll start. It'll be little 10-minute videos. Uh, for each individual prospect. And uh, if you guys have any uh, questions, just let us know. Or if you have anybody that you want us to review, let us know. And then after we'll do it, we'll even put up some polls and see who our fans want us to do next. Yeah. And, and, and what players that they're looking for. So we'll make it really interactive and make the fans a part of it. And uh, it's going to be a good time. All right. Cody, I want to interact. Oh, my gosh. Let's close this damn show. <laughs> I'll let you anytime, Bat Daddy. <laughs> I'm putting the. This is it. My name's Tony Dunn. C3 Panthers podcast. <laughs> Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. until... Oh, until, did you hear about that? Until, uh... At cat <laughs> underscore chronicles. Don't listen to these guys and their Cox Media. <laughs> oh, dude, let me tell you about this thing that I found. Oh, my God. I just closed <laughs> Keep bowing, it. Y'all. I closed it. Keep bowing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.